0: should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw? Well, let's play chess. The
1: Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's
2: in there. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y.
3: The
4: first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court.
5: Mishandled it, but gets a
0: shot. Hits it. (laughs) Hits it.
4: John, I
6: have
0: never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
7: Uh, Good to have you here. It's kind of weird, right? I think this is the second time since August I've actually been here in studio on a Friday, and it feels exceptionally weird. It does. I can't lie. I love being out. Yesterday was outstanding, and a shout out to the Mets, uh, Whitlow and Schleeder, up uh, at one of our favorite places, Park Place Pub and Fishers, and uh, of course Brett Halverson. Our largely bourbon locks, Luna Azul tequila shots. It was absolutely an outstanding day. Lots of reaction uh, in terms of Rick Venturi and his visit. Like Three times a year Rick comes on, after the season, and either, I can't remember, either before the draft or after the draft. I think he comes on after to evaluate it, and then at the beginning of the season. And probably the the best among those would be at the end of the season. Now, again, there was so much to get to last year. I mean, hell, I think we went maybe an hour and a half last year, because that's how long that it took. Because you had so much to go on. I mentioned yesterday that Chris Ballard meeting with the media, I think it took upwards of, what, 50-plus, maybe 50 and a handful of of minutes to complete. But there wasn't really what we had grown to understand the level to get to. Think about this. Last year, it was a clown show. Year prior, it was just massive disappointment. It was, where are you going to go at quarterback? And everybody was mad at Carson Wentz. So it just kind of seemed normal yesterday for the first time in a long time. And can't lie, that feels good. Normalcy is good. Now, your normalcy needs to be winning. The one thing that I was glad, I didn't get to this yesterday, that he got down with was he explained his feeling after saturday and going into this week much like i did but i took a bunch of hell for it because everybody thought that i was going overboard and all you want to do is preach doom and gloom and i don't no you don't understand how much i want to see these local teams win because that benefits everybody it benefits you and you're in a better mood it benefits us when you're in a better mood you just honestly around here I know that you get wrapped up in the negativity and most of the time that you bail. Believe me, I've been around 19 years, I know. And among those 19 years, the greatest of times that we have had together are the ones in which your team, your favorite team is winning. That's what helps me out the most. So selfishly, I want to be selfish for you and see your team win, but it was interesting to see that he kind of felt the same way that I did. I mean, you can be taking a step forward and feel good about that, and then you can recollect what took place in a surprise winning season, but also be pissed because you were right there, had the whole thing in your hands, and instead you've got Houston winning the division and hosting a home playoff game tomorrow, and you're going to be sitting on the couch watching I don't care what you say. I don't care what kind of year you had, what you think about Anthony Richardson, whether or not this team is taking its best foot forward, and you love Shane Steichen, that still sucks. So I like the fact that he did agree. That Really, I think that's probably among the very few things we have agreed upon in the past, but certainly that was one. We got down with that yesterday with Rick Venturi. If you missed a moment of it, that podcast is at 107.5thefan.com. Uh, if you're a Colts fan, that is a must-listen. A really good time going over absolutely everything. From Shane Steichen, whom he likes, to Gus Bradley, whom he does not. Um, and then moving forward with that. But, again, giving high praise to the direction he believes this team is. Is going with understandably still a hell of a lot more work to do. You know, in fact, besides that conversation with Rick Venturi yesterday and a recap of Anthony Richardson and Chris Ballard meeting with the media, you know, besides that, we had a couple of, of interesting days because Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, came on back on Wednesday and uh, took a blowtorch to what is presently going on and what went on in that Rutgers game with the IU basketball program. And if you missed that as an IU fan, I know a lot of IU fans have been reaching out to me, hey, I missed it on Wednesday, how can I get it? It is at uh, 107.5thefan.com, or apparently our good friend Chronic Hoosier on X and or Twitter has dropped it in there as well, so you can check it out. and. Think for yourself exactly if you feel the same way as a former Hoosier, or if you feel maybe not as strongly as Brian did, that podcast at 1075Thefan.com. We got a lot to get to today. I will, I know that you you probably are excited. You're excited about this weekend and the football, but again, the the dose of disappointment that you got will keep you regarding the Colts from being overbearingly excited. That's the bummer of it, too. But we'll go over the playoff weekend. You know, this first weekend of the NFL postseason is always the absolute best. We'll do that. I don't know really too much about the weather. I should have asked Jake. He's probably on top of it. Um, I I struggle sometimes in watching. Like, I'll watch it on on Sunday if I'm on it and a part of it, right, with Chris Hagan and Fox 59 and Sports Overtime. But when you think about it, I get 59, I get CBS, which is four, and I get RTV6, which is six, and then, hell, I don't get 13. I haven't seen Wish TV Channel 8 in like 19 years. I don't even know if they still exist. So I really have no idea what we're in for as far as weather is concerned. I do know this. That you get a big one tonight. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, normally in the 5 o'clock hour. They're underway, what, at 7 tonight? I think IU tips at 7. That's 6 o'clock, your pregame coverage downstairs. Check that. No longer downstairs across the hall at 93 WIBC. That's John Harry, Don Fisher, and you've got Eric Sewer as well on the pregame show. Minnesota and IU tonight, which let's just face it. If you're IU, make no mistake, you want to win every game. You want to win every game, but you absolutely have to. I know where you think I'm going here. Must win? Yes. Beating Minnesota at home must win in terms of any hope whatsoever you have with trying to feel out some sort of spot in the postseason. Did I get something wrong?
8: Uh, it actually starts at 6.30
7: today. 6.30. Like tip time at 6.30? It's tip time, 6.30. Oh, I'm sorry. 5.30 then. Yeah. Holy hell. It's early. So 5.30 on 93 WIBC. So the fellas across the hall are going to be bailed out of here. They'll be they'll be taped up. They're probably already gone the way that it isn't on tape. Man. But, no, this is a huge game for IU for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's at home, and you've got to hold serve at home. And then you just you have to try to put something, I mean, anything together and get some road wins but you most certainly cannot drop anything at home and we'll talk to Don about that coming up at the bottom of the hour of course in Piscataway earlier this week and that outcome against Rutgers was not any good whatsoever so I can't imagine I cannot imagine that he was too happy about it now we'll see if they get back on track Again, coming up later on tonight, 6.30 is that tip time. Also, I want to mention this. we got a lot of high school action going on. I think Marion County uh, semifinals tonight. I think the Johnson County Tournament is getting underway. A lot of good high school basketball, both boys and girls going on in the area. Yeah, I know somebody had mentioned this. I was going to say this to Bob. My Eastern Green Thunderbirds are up here tomorrow. I think they play Greenwood. So, little Green County mixing in in Greenwood coming up tomorrow, but no a good weekend of that. And then we will watch once again the Pacers and see what we got in game number two this season without Tyrese Halliburton. I shouldn't say that there's already been a game missed by Halliburton, but this now with the injury sustained the other night, getting past the Wizards at home, we saw it was offensively a lot more rough and disjointed than what we're used to, and I think you can expect some of that, which means you're going to have to try to make up for it in other areas. Pacers and Hawks coming up later on tonight. I shall explain those other areas in a minute. Greg Kiley, by the way, mentions this. Yes, John, Wish TV Channel 8 does exist. They're getting ready to celebrate 70 years of Here's a really good idea, Greg. In honor of celebrating 70 years, how about they hustle ass back on direct TV so I can see it? And I know that sounds incredibly selfish, I apologize. But Greg, can we, we can can we get him to do that? Just hustle back on to direct TV so I can see it. So I'm gonna be right there. Both that and twenty three. Bob ready? Uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. Going to be loaded up and ready to go for a busy weekend beginning later on tonight. And Bob joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Hello, Bob. How are you?
9: Hey, John. How are you?
7: Bob, I'm fantastic. We got a busy weekend for you. Where do you want to begin?
9: Um, it's your show, pal. I'll, I'll How oh, I'll about,
7: about, about some of these these county tournaments we got going yeah. on? Already underway or just, just about ready to get underway? How about starting there with the fellas?
9: Well, it's the cool thing about... Basketball, high school basketball in our state is, you know, you get through you know, the holidays. And you have a lot of holiday tournaments. It seems like you have more and more holiday tournaments. And then when you come out of those, you literally go right into your um, county tournaments or city tournaments or what yeah. have you. So, um, yeah, it's a perfect it's a perfect time of year. And wish the weather was going to be better, but you know how this goes. It's yeah, it,
7: it's almost like it, it, it's what you expect. And we haven't, at least in my recollection, we haven't seen this type of weather like this, right, or expected like this. I mean, it's been a while. This is what we used to expect all the time. You know, it's kind of like the sectional snow. But in January, I mean, I remember once upon a time we played in an unheated Sullivan gymnasium, I think back in 1985 or something. And I swear to you, there was no way it was above 40 degrees. No way. No way. Had to keep the cars, like the parents had to keep the cars running right. and the bus running outside. I mean, though, those are the days that we have a great deal of of remembrance about and embrace about. It just kind of seems like weather-wise it, it hasn't been that. This is like the first time in a while it feels that way, I guess. Maybe I'm wrong, well, yeah, but that's you, the way it feels. Go
9: back, go back through football. It was uh, one of the first seasons in a while where you haven't had some violent weather, thunderstorms, and those kinds of things on Friday nights. We managed to literally get through the football season without any problems. And so I guess we're paying the price for that. Uh, but it you know, does have that feel of a, <laughs> of a sectional tournament, yeah. for heaven's sake, weather-wise. Marion, Ca- really does.
7: Marion County Tournament, I'm sure Bob will be talking about that on Sports Talk later on tonight. Uh, you get the semifinals, North Central and LN at 6. You get Franklin Central and Warren. Pretty good matchups on those semifinals tonight.
9: They really are. And, and you know, you, you look at it, and I, I think the county's balanced. There's, You know, it's a situation where – you know, ln has been good all year long. I mean, really, really good, playing at a high, high level. Uh, North Central is getting better and better. So I think anytime you have uh, those types of teams that are getting better, and have good players, you know, it means you have a pretty good tournament. And Franklin Central's is playing better. I think it's just one of those kinds of situations where literally everybody, everybody at this point is really playing pretty good basketball, to be honest. And you're far enough into it where you kind of have an idea of where your team is and what you're about. And I think what you're finding out is some really, really, really good basketball teams in, in Marion County. I, I just think it's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, as you point out, uh, North Central L N opens it up, and then Franklin Central, Warren Central, I'm not sure – there's a favorite among those four. I think they're pretty balanced and evenly matched teams.
7: Yeah, you know what? And for the most part, in Marion County at least, that's that's how it has looked so far uh-huh, this season. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of playing out that way.
9: Seems to be, and I think uh, it's you know, bodes well. We're, we're doing the pairing. Great, uh, Stroll and I are doing the girls' pairing show on Sunday. Crazy. Which means the boys' yep. pairing show not far away. And so uh, – You're already looking at sectional 10 and other sectionals that are always good and how good these are going to be. So, And this is a foreboding of what kind of tournament we're going to have.
7: Yeah, it's a Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. You got to cover across the state of Indiana, including both girls and boys' high school basketball. We mentioned the semifinals in the Marion County Tournament tonight. Uh, you got the Evansville-Harrison Classic, which is big down in the pocket city with yeah, a handful yeah. of Evansville teams, including Bossy and Wrights and Harrison. I think Ritter is down there as well. Castle, right, from southern Indiana is a part of that too. That's a big one in southern Indiana.
9: Well, it's a great tournament because um, obviously you, they know a lot about one another. Um, I think it's good too. That you, you're talking about a, a, as evenly matched as the Marion County attorney is. This is the same thing. This is a pretty evenly matched attorney. Uh, always talking about how good Bossy is, and deservedly so. Wrights is playing um, reasonably well. Castle's having a, another good year. So, um, be very interesting to see all, how all that plays out without question. Uh, you got the Delaware County Touring. Uh Some really good teams in that one. Westdale and Delta play tonight. Yorktown and Wapahani. Delta and Wapahani ranking in the top ten in their yep. respective classes. And so you have, you know, really, really solid, solid basketball throughout the weekend. And uh, before you know it, as I mentioned, before you know it, you're going to be tipping it off for the girls' state finals.
7: Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about you guys are doing the pairing show coming up on Sunday, correct, for the girls?
9: Sunday night, five to seven. Make sure you're there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
7: the the girls season has been loaded quick. too. Like I'm I yeah, yeah, it's been very quick. There's no doubt. I, I think about just where I'm from, and uh yeah, Kevin Stuckby's got his girls a one lost center grove team that has been as good as anybody across right. the board so far this year.
9: Well, you talk about balance. I mean, look at the look at the girls. I mean, it's it's just it's I'm just I'm truly amazed. It seems like every year uh, we get better and better, more better teams, which is, you know, and it's a really cool thing without question. And so, you know, some really, really good matchups tonight. You're at a point of year where you really need to be playing particularly well. And, As I mentioned, you'll find out who you're going to play on Sunday, and it's always an exciting night uh, to figure out who you're going to play to get ready for the tourney. So that's where we are on the girls' side.
7: You mentioned, Bob, the weather a little bit earlier. So a Twitter or ex-follower, if you will, of all of our shows named Ebert says, Snow Day with the fan in northwest Illinois. 14 inches of snow since Wednesday. No thank you.
9: Well, hopefully that's uh, not coming <laughs> coming here. You know what no, I mean? thank we're, you. <laughs> we're, we're hopeful that that stays in Illinois or goes into Wisconsin or Michigan. Yes, one of those kinds of deals.
7: Yeah, no question. Uh, Bob Lovell joins us. Also, the college game—you'll be have, I'm sure, conversations <laughs> about IU Illinois. Or right, check that IU Minnesota tonight uh-huh. down in Bloomington is underway at 6:30. You talk about an IU team that that now. I mean, you got to try to sprinkle in some some wins on the road. There's no doubt about that. But there is no doubt you have to win your home games. I mean, normally that would be the case anyway. But it is even more priority than we have seen. You have got to win your home games. This group has to show some sort of spark, especially considering what we didn't see out of them in Rutgers earlier this week. And it
9: just what was a, a dismal all the way around performance by that group? It was disappointing, to say the least. And I I think they've obviously put themselves in a position uh, that you don't want to be in. Number one, it's hard to win on the road, even when you have a good team. Uh, And um, and the percentages percentages are in your favor if you're playing at home in conference play. I've talked about this before a number number of times. Home team wins 60% or more in conference play irrespective of which conference. And so you're going against the odds. And secondly, you know, games again, it's a game of trends, John. And so what makes you think that IU has done anything to this point that will give you confidence that they can turn things around and play better on the road? That's what would concern me is this is where they are. I think you're at a point in the season where you want to know who you are and what you are as a team unfortunately uh they're trying to tell you something, and so yeah they've got to start to they' got to start to string wins doesn't matter whether it's at home or on the road they're got to start putting some wins together uh to, to there's a lot of basketball to be played and I think they have time but it it clearly i think it's a, a disappointing run in many ways to this point
2: now and, and
7: you're right about that. What would make you believe that they can turn it around and start playing a consistent level of basketball and I, I guess the all that stands between, you know, the doubters as we might be right now, would be those fans that just have a level of expectation because they mm-hmm. do give you moments. They will sometimes give you oh, moments yeah. where you're yeah. going, "Hey, you know, this thing is turning the corner," and then they give you a game like they did earlier this week in Rutgers, where it looks like this thing is absolutely flying in reverse, and there is no hope whatsoever. So it it it, it would it would, I tell you. A dominant performance would do, I think, everybody a great deal of good in Bloomington tonight if they can find that footing.
9: I couldn't agree with you more because uh, think about, you know, we have short memories as fans. (laughs) It clearly is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of deal. And so you get a big win, a blowout win if you can tonight at home against uh, Minnesota and and we're not talking like this. We're talking about, yeah, they've got a chance. They're going to get better. They can start to put some things together. And so, It's just the fickleness and the nature of uh, being fans and being observers of basketball or whatever sport. Wins uh, take care of a multitude of sins, for heaven's sakes.
7: Tuesday night was a massive disappointment across the board, including me finally signing up (laughs) for Peacock and then getting dealt (laughs) back-to-back blows from both IU (laughs) and Purdue in the process, that Boilermaker game. And you can make the argument, well, you know, this is what Nebraska is doing right now, playing well. But I'm sorry, you – you hold them to a much higher standard. You have to – their defense have to be better. Taking care of the ball has to be better. And consistency all the way around. And and, and what kind of worries me, and I, and I bring this up often, and it kind of seems like that I'm bagging on him and I'm not, but a guy like Fletcher Lawyer, if, if he is not stroking the jumper, and especially when he's given the opportunity to shoot it, meaning he's getting looks – Sometimes he doesn't balance things out, and you have to go to the bench, as Matt Painter did in the second half, and set him down to start the second half. and And I know that Matt Matt kind of went to the bag, the bag of tricks, if you will, and that still didn't work. And I know it could be just a blip on the radar. What Boilermaker fans care about is March, but it was highly disappointed across the board because the Boilers, you thought they were going to jump back into it, right, and then right. you know, midway through the second half and toward the end, just fell further and further. Behind behind and, and didn't offer up a lot of resistance late that was disappointing
9: well it was disappointing and because it's um you know not necessarily something that they do you think of purdue as being a tough-minded group of guys who who battle you and um this one just kind of got away from them remember you know you, you gotta knock the ball down lawyer uh i i just got the sense that he was uh was not confident wasn't comfortable uh in, in terms of knocking down jump shots and Carries a lot of it carries a lot of burden John I think he, everyone knows it's a purdue team that if their perimeter guys can shoot the basketball they're a very difficult team to to beat and I also think right. that it's a team that uh it doesn't take good enough care of the basketball you'd like for them to clean clean that up obviously I think the other part of this I think Matt would tell you that. Uh, they need to get better defensively. They yes. really need to have a more consistent effort on the defensive end. And so it just seems like those particular things conspired against them uh, earlier in the week.
7: Yes, uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. I don't want to go without mentioning Butler, too, because we're kind of waiting on that, that Butler big win. And we thought maybe last Friday night against UConn they had a halftime advantage uh-huh, uh-huh. and maybe against the defending national champions. That would be it. It was not. But they go on the road to Marquette, a very difficult place to play earlier this week. That was on Wednesday. And get that win over uh, number 11 Marquette. That, that's that's one right there that if you're Thad Body, you hope that your group can play off of. Because that's a hell of an effort on Wednesday night.
9: Well, it's a great point. It was a great effort, and especially in the sense that you're not playing particularly well in league play. And um, I think it's it's very encouraging for for the dogs. Uh, obviously, encouraging for Thad. Question, though, is as you point out, can you back it up? Can you keep going? And so, um, I just think they're so much better than they were a year ago. I think they're a little bit further along than a lot of people, including me, thought they would be. I I like it. I like their team a lot. I think they they have a lot of great basketball ahead of them, because they can shoot the ball. That's number one, and number two, uh, they're going to defend you. And so, you know, I think think the other part you have to think about John. It addresses how good the Big East really is. I mean, it is truly. it's tremendous, and they'll get a challenge tonight from Seton Hall. I don't think there's
7: any question. I think that'll be a great basketball game. Yeah, but, uh, Seton Hall, I mentioned, I think Penn State is uh, with Purdue coming up tomorrow. That's their matchup at home against Penn State coming up tomorrow. You mentioned tomorrow with uh, Seton Hall and Marquette, and of course IU coming up later on tonight at 6.30, which you can hear over on 93 WIBC in their game. A must-win at home versus Minnesota. All right, tonight, tomorrow night, you locked and loaded,
9: ready to go? They're ready to go? I, mean, I wish the show started at three
7: or three thirty. How's that? <laughs> well, we could have
9: started three thirty.
7: I could have let you go ahead and just have this three hours right here as a bit of a springboard for you. We yeah, could have done yeah, that.
9: Just yeah, have this next three hours as a warm-up for the real show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. I
7: appreciate you. Have oh, a great God. weekend. Thanks. Stay warm. You too. Thanks. It's a Bob level of Indiana sports talk right there. And look up the forecast, would you, James? I need the James Adams AccuWeather forecast because I I just know kind of what people were talking about. I was in Kroger this morning at like 730 because that's when I hang out in there. And they were prepping for the uh, milk and eggs crew in the Kroger down at CG. That's what they said. Hey, we you know, the weather like this, you get reports, and now all of a sudden people start coming in and saying, I got to get all the milk and all the eggs. I think I've bought, like, a quart of milk
8: in the last year. <laughs> so what do we got? With your AccuWeather forecast, this is James Adams, everybody. Well, it's looking like tonight it's going to be, you know, high of 42, low of 20, but it gets really cold tomorrow. It starts to get cold down to one degree low. And then Sunday and Monday, Tuesday, that those are going to be cold days. Highs of 11, 15, and then 11 again on Tuesday. So it's going to be really cold the next couple of days. Oh, man. Really cold. That's not eggs and milk cold, though. Is it? I don't know. Oh, weather-wise, you- that's snow, I think. We might Is be. We I think we're supposed to get some snow. Are we? All right, then. It's James Adams with your AccuWeather
7: forecast. I'm still wearing shorts right now. <laughs> I love Mr. Pibb and Shorts hopping in here. All right, you guys with me coming up a little bit later on. We do have – we found this out. We've got some Anything Goes after 6 tonight. I've got Indiana Golf Expo passes to give away. And we've got a busy show for – you know, one of the things that happened earlier this week was the the passing of the lover man, Jerry Wade. And one of the things that Mike Wells and I have done over the years – when he makes appearances on the show, would be the Mike Wells slow jam re-entry, and that was always to honor the lover man. And uh, we'll discuss that going, and I'll have something very special for Mike coming up here at the top of the hour. We've got Chris Aaron live from Atlanta, coming up at the 5 o'clock hour as well. And on the other side, Hoosiers are in need. It is a must-win situation against the uh, Gophers of Gold. By the way, Minnesota's no joke. They are no joke. Assembly Hall coming up at 6.30 tonight, 5.30 your covers 93 WIBC. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, good to go when he joins us next.
10: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you
0: the ride with jmv smoky this is not Nam. this is bowling there are rules hey. 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
7: mike wells top of the hour Daenerys in atlanta pacers during this stretch without tyrese halliburton they go for their second win Now The Wizards back at home the night before last and you've got Atlanta and the Pacers down in Atlanta. They embark on a western road swing, of course. Sunday, they find themselves a little bit after three in the afternoon against the defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets. And then that dreaded back-to-back and NBA players will tell you this. You go from mountain time zone to mountain time zone. You go from Denver to Utah and that is the toughest back-to-back that you can have and the Pacers do that. They go from Denver on Sunday afternoon to Salt Lake City on Monday evening. Of course, we'll talk to Chris about that and a lot more coming up in a bit. In honor of our next guest, and I know that he loves golf probably more than anybody out there the fall. Check that. Why don't I want to say the fall Indiana golf show because it's winter and it's not even that. The Indiana Golf Expo at the State Fairgrounds. I've got passes for you right now at 239-1070. Number nine is going to go get some gear. Get geared up golf-wise at the Indiana Golf Expo at the State Fairgrounds on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. The voice of the Hoosiers moving him up because he's got a Friday night game to call tonight, which I'm sure... He is very excited about, as always, because he loves doing those Hoosier games, and especially when they fall into the Friday evening, early evening category. Don Fisher joins us, who sounds like he's on the road down to Bloomington right now. Hello, Don.
6: Hi, John. I am on the road down to Bloomington. Just basically headed out for Greenwood.
7: Oh, so you're—I'm trying to think right now. You're going down that that brand new stretch where it looks so good, and they're still doing. Oh, what do you think about I-69? All those years on 37 and stoplights and the top of the hill in Martinsville. This is going to be a Don Fisher dream commute now from Greenwood to Bloomington, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, it's pretty—it's pretty much a dream come true, John. There's no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, if you think about this, John, it was a two-lane highway, uh, inter- or uh, Route 37 was a two-lane highway when I got—actually, it was a, <laughs> a one-lane each-way highway when I first got here in 1973. <laughs>
7: Did you did you have to take the back road past Lake Lemon to get there too? <laughs> I,
6: I, I did that a couple times.
3: Yeah. yeah,
7: that's that's old 37, I think, cuts a path out past yep. Lake Lemon. That's when, when all this construction was going on. It, it, we, we talked about this a number of times, especially during the IU football season where everybody was mad about that, and those were some of those shortcuts that people were taking to try to get there and miss out on all that traffic. But, yeah, the, the evolution has been amazing of 37 now to 69
6: yeah there's no doubt about it um at this you know it's not completed yet but it's close and you can drive like it's completed <laughs>
7: yeah. i get a feeling you drove like it was completed well before today
6: occasion.
7: Yes, that's (laughs) (laughs) that is what they say no doubt about that. Don Fisher joins us. I mentioned this earlier Um, I I don't know what you're going to get to call tonight, but I do know this. If you've got any dream whatsoever to reach a goal to go to the NCAA tournament, you're in a situation right now where you can't jack around and lose home games and this is one of them tonight. There's just no
6: question about it, John. I mean, obviously Indiana doesn't have maybe one or two quad wins on the season. That's it. And it's going to take a lot more than that. And, of course, the Big Ten is is—it's such a scramble this year. There's so many teams that have approved, that have gotten, are not as good as they were in the past. But there, there's nobody in this league with the exception of Purdue. And Purdue has been beaten twice already, so I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. But I just don't think there's anybody you could take lightly. And you've got to play your best basketball almost every time out. And right, to, right now, Indiana's not doing that, especially when they take to the road. And if they would happen to get knocked off by Minnesota tonight, another team that's gotten dramatically improved over a year ago, uh, this is going to be a real test of wills as the season progresses, to say the least. Yeah,
7: I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to say. If they go in there and look anywhere near the part they did in Jersey on Tuesday night, I, I don't know. At home, with you know, obviously what is now on the line and how you played, and and clearly, I'm sure with the coaches, you have to be all over their ass about this. I, I don't know what to say if they go in there and put any any kind of the effort that we saw on Tuesday night in that home game tonight.
6: Well, you know, John, I can't. I can't like. But it, it appears to me that this basketball team right now it doesn't have a personality. It doesn't have something you could count on game in and game out. What, what did Mike Woodson bring to the table when he got here? He said, we're going to be defense first. Well, they were that pretty much the last two years. And this year, I don't see that. I mean, this defense is not playing up to those expectations. And if you're not a good defensive basketball team, you're probably not going to win very many games. Why did Rutgers beat Indiana? Because they were tougher than nails at the defensive end of the floor this past week. And that was one of the reasons Indiana lost that ball game. Uh, Obviously, if, if they continue to play sporadically like this, and especially so when they go on the road, their chances of making the NCAA tournament are slim and none. Slim may have just left town.
7: I was listening to Eric the other night, and I thought he was right on target. And they would give you maybe a possession or two where you think they're going to wake up and start playing, and then they would go through that that half-asleep slog again. And it's almost like at some point you you just don't have any answers for it. But I, I could tell Eric, you know, wanted to get into it, okay, Okay, well now here's the start now you know maybe if you're talking about somebody in the starting lineup maybe it was you know cj gunn for a moment but those possessions are fleeting And the more of what we see is the more of that disappointing level of basketball that for the most part we witnessed on tuesday
6: night Yeah, I, I agree with you uh I, here's the other thing john xavier johnson you know he, he does something really stupid um in, in this situation that he was in on against Rutgers on Tuesday, he gets tossed from the ball again. He wasn't playing well anyway, but that's beside the point. He is still one of your leaders as a co-captain. He's a six-year player. He can't do something that silly, put himself in a position to get booted, and then look what happens to the rest of the ball club. If you don't think that psychological his getting kicked out of that ball game was significant then you don't know anything about players today because these guys are affected by those kinds of things if your leader gets kicked out for something that silly you're in trouble and they obviously were in trouble in that scenario.
7: Well, and and I've had people tell me this too, and this is I, I think this to me is true. It just the observation is that he's supposed to be you know a a leader, a six year guy, a twenty four year old, and he's been mostly an incredible drag. And you, you, you're you're almost at times you know, if that's what you're going to get, you're you're better off without him because he did. You're right. He just drags others down with that level.
6: Yeah, and it's like I said, it's a psychological thing for the rest of the team because he's supposed he's supposed to be your leader. He's supposed to be one of the two guys on this team that's a senior or three. You want to count Anthony Walker, but he's not been around. The rest of these the other two guys have been around now for three years. And and without question, Trey Galloway is a great guy, a great kid, a really good basketball player. He's a tough kid. He plays hard all the time. But he's not that vocal guy. He's not the alpha male type guy out there. He's just not that guy. That's why Xavier Johnson's role is critical if is going to be successful. And if he's not out there and if he's not playing up to his standard or what the team's standard is for him, this ball club is in real trouble
7: right now. So Don Fisher, Voice of the Hoosiers, 6.30 is the tip time. So 5.30, that's why Don's hustling ass down to Bloomington right now. You can hear it in the background because they're going to get on board and do a little pregame show at about 5.30 and get you set for Friday night, college basketball in Bloomington at Assembly Hall. And you know, Minnesota may not all of a sudden pop off the page and go, oh wow, this is a really good team. They've won seven straight, eight of nine, only one loss in the Big 10. I believe that was a 10-point loss at Ohio State going back to December. This team is legit and going to be an issue for IU tonight.
6: There is no question about that. I mean, Ben Johnson has finally got himself a ball club. Last year he played, I think, four freshmen quite a bit. Uh, he's got Dawson, Dawson Garcia back who transferred in last year from North Carolina. He's a big-time player. He's 6'11". He's a big man inside. He's helped lead this ball club. He knows what he's doing because he's been in the system for a, a year plus now. Uh, they've got some very talented uh, transfers in. Elijah Hawkins is lighting it up with uh, assists. I think he's maybe fifth in the country and assists. One of the best in the country, period. He's leading the Big Ten in that department. He's very quick. Uh, he gets the ball where it's supposed to go. They've got other scores on this team. The pain kid I watched against Maryland, who's a sophomore now, he's a beast inside six nine two fifty five uh and he is playing really well this ball club. I mean they've got all the pieces to be a factor in this league this year. And if Indiana doesn't recognize that, it doesn't play up to their capability tonight, they're gonna have a very difficult time.
7: So Don Fisher joins us. Dawson Garcia, among I believe the four guys that they have averaging in double figures, he's at the top of the list. Right. Nearly seventeen and nearly eight rebounds a game, and those strong type of guys. It that seems like that that kind of forever gives IU an issue right there. I, I just I would love to be able to see. I mean, I want I want to get selfish and talk about you know forty minutes, and that's great. But just cobble together. Some something in each half where you can get to feel good about it and then you can feel even better about yourself because this looked like a team that was going through the motions and you can't have any level of that tonight.
11: No. None
6: none whatsoever. The the thing that maybe uh, the thing that's probably the best help tonight is we're back on the Simon Scott Assembly Hall floor. Uh, This crowd will be into it tonight. They will try to help this team energize itself That's probably what bothers me the most, though, John, is that this ball club doesn't understand how to do that when they go out on the road. If they did understand how to do that, we wouldn't have seen the performances we've seen against Nebraska and against Rutgers here
7: as we start january it's a don fisher voice of the hoosiers again 5 30 it's uh, john it's eric it's don on the uh, pregame show again that's 93 wibc and let me tell you this schedule makers uh and this is for the IE folks down there too um if you're going to make don go down there and call a game on a friday night players um get into this and don't jack around and give him a product that is worthy of calling on a friday night don's on the road right now he's going to be there give him a product that he can get excited about this evening. I think that's where we start.
6: That would be really good.
7: <laughs> thank you for thank you for jacking the team up. I mean, crazy. I that was really Don, my situation the other night, and of course I'm I'm a big radio geek, so I always listen to you guys. But for the first time ever, I got Peacock. And I got it with those back-to-back games in mind on Tuesday, and nobody has been screwed more than I was on that Tuesday night when I got Peacock and watched both of those games, IU and Purdue. Complete screw job. So I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bit salty out of that. (laughs)
6: <laughs> well i'm glad to hear it john <laughs> just it draws more people to the iu radio broadcast <laughs> i just
7: i i enjoy listening to eric because i know eric wants to run out there and say would you guys get your asses in gear here but you know he can't but i know he does i know that he does so
6: well it was probably one of the more i can't i can't speak for eric i know what he was thinking but I was so disillusioned. I was so upset because I didn't think Indiana played very good in any way, shape or form in that ball game. And of course, you know, they, they held Rutgers to 33%. I said, held them, which is a misnomer because Rutgers can't shoot the basketball. They're just not a good shooting team in any way, shape or form. And you could have said that about Indiana a couple of years ago, but, but the fact of the matter is they're not a good shooting team. And, so if you take any solace in the fact that Indiana held the 38, 33% of the ball game, you are looking at fool's gold because yeah. their shots, they got shots. They got shots that most people make. Uh, and obviously that because our defense was not out on them like we should be and have been occasionally this year
7: and you bring up a great point because there are a lot of people that closely follow this basketball program right now and they're looking for anything to hang that hat on and that's one of those things because you don't get the results and then you don't you know you don't pass the eyeball test so you got to look at these stats to make yourself feel better and you're right i mean that is fool's gold
6: yeah it is there's no question about it um that, that's, where, that's where tonight, if, if they play like they're capable of playing at the defensive end of the floor, they will give themselves a great chance to win the ball game. But there's going to be nights where you don't shoot well, but you can always bring defense, and that's going to be a real critical factor in this matchup.
7: Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. He's got you 530 pregame show, 93 WIBC for the Friday Night Affair with the Golden Gophers of Minnesota and IU. Don's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So I got you. I got you from Smith Valley Road, I'm assuming. Smith Valley Road all the way to, I'm going to guess right now, you are, you drive fast. You're the uh, Hoosier National Forest, the Morgan Monroe Forest area?
6: i'm really right now going through martinsville
7: what Uh, see i thought you were driving faster than that you're not driving as fast as i thought
6: no i i I had to slow it down because there's cars in front of me
7: (laughs) well well, here's another reason why because hot sauce is poured all over the road around martinsville now why i don't know you know you, you get this brand new, you know, I69 and you can get places faster and then they're going they're going to pinch you down there if they catch you over the speed limit. I've noticed that recently. They all they sit like Bonnie Fife and hide there in the bushes like right there by Martinsville High School in the median right there. <laughs>
6: I've seen them there too, but I do have this little thing in my car that tells me they're there ahead of time.
7: Uh, I just, I just go, I go on thought, and I, brake lights. If somebody's braking well in front of me, I know that uh, that five may be sitting in the bushes right there under under the overpass that takes you to Walmart.
6: Does, does they get upset with you on uh, because of, you call them five?
7: I'm sure, yeah, (laughs) probably (laughs) No, probably, maybe Well, I mean, that's what The hiding stuff gets on my nerves I mean, you don't need to hide You don't need to be hiding You know what I mean? Why are we hiding? (laughs) Man's got to do what he's got to do, John. Got to do it. Ding <laughs> that cash register down there. It's just, I i thought I had these visions just like you. They crack open I-69, and I guess because where I'm from, there's no cops and no speed limit, and you can basically drive as fast as you want on the Red Deck Autobahn. You get south to Bloomington, and there are no rules. You just do whatever. So maybe I'm just used to that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't mind that either. I drove from... Uh, Mendota, Illinois, or actually from Butte, Montana to Mendota, Illinois, one time, and there was no speed limit until you got to, I think it was uh, Nebraska.
7: <laughs> you and probably got kidding. there about two hours. <laughs> I, I'm
6: not kidding. I, trust me, nobody has driven faster from Butte, Montana to Mendota, Illinois than me.
7: That's ever. beautiful. That is beautiful. I'm telling you what, with your lead foot, you could get from south to Bloomington to Evansville in about 45 minutes.
6: i'm not sure of that but i might
12: try it sometime
7: (laughs) yeah and i want to clarify here from jeremiah that it is barney fife i referenced and not dane fife dane fife is not waiting in the bushes in martinsville so he's probably (laughs) listening right now and say you didn't say me did you so the wrong (laughs) right there all right, man. No,
6: I do. I know who you were uh, alluding
7: to. <laughs> All right, have a great call tonight. Uh, get him fired up, because that's uh, certainly a must-win necessity in Bloomington tonight, Don. I appreciate you. Thanks, Shots. Appreciate it, bud. Don yeah. Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. By the way, the whole five stuff, he's like, kid because I care. Shout out to P. Burton. P. Burton knows that of IMPD. And that's what I do downtown, James, when I turn left on the one way from market to capital— because you're not allowed to turn right on red any longer. I turn left on red now, and when I get pulled over for that, which is coming, I'm going to say, "Well, Phil Burton told me I could do that. And see how far that goes? Not far. Quick break. We'll come back. Mike Wells, top of the hour. Do not go anywhere. Ninety-three five one zero seven five. The fans.
10: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Welcome back. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Bob Lovell.
7: A little bit earlier, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Uh, Chris Denary from Atlanta still to come. And we're going to do this. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us now at the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. And one of the reasons we've done these Mike Wells slow jam reentries is because how much we loved the lover man, Jerry Wade, who passed away earlier this week. And Mike, thanks for joining us.
9: This is for you.
11: Let's chill, baby. And we got to get the first couple words into it, too. Let's chill. Oh, oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, here we go. From the first time. I saw your face. Girl, I knew I had to have you. Wanted to ram you in.
7: Man, that's awesome.
11: A warm
13: embrace. Oh, here we go.
11: Let me get this one right here. Oh, you got Haze. it. Go ahead. This face.
13: Oh, here we go. Oh my <laughs> love is for you. Whatever you want, I will do. Oh yeah, hey, I love me some guy. Yeah,
7: um, I, I'm sure that that somewhere, Aaron Hall and Teddy Riley probably would not be too proud of that effort. But I mentioned <laughs> this. I mentioned this. Mike is the reason why we do this is and have done this for years is because we were listeners to the Quiet Storm. And we were listeners to the lover man, Jerry Wade, who made that so iconic, so famous here for what the better part of three decades here in central Indiana. And when I heard that he passed early in the, this week, that I thought about this segment every Friday. And I thought about you and what, you know, somebody in this case on the radio and Jerry meant to us and everybody else out there. And I thought we had to hit this thing right with guy with Teddy and and Aaron Hall coming back in in, in honor and R I P and a sky point to one of the greatest radio personalities ever to have been on the air here in Indy who will be missed in Jerry Wade the lover man passed away earlier this week at the age of sixty
11: three. Yeah, you know, I, I got I got two stories uh, off of that. The first one is I met Jerry Wade uh, shortly after I left ESPN full time in August of twenty twenty two. And I made it mention, like, hey, Jerry, you know, uh, big fan of your show, blah, blah, blah. I would love to try to just come in and sit in on the show. Just enjoy, you know, put my feet up, enjoy some old-school R&B. I never got around to doing it. And, you know, I sent our good friend Amp Harris a text afterwards after I saw Amp's tweet and he said, life's too short. So I regret not doing that. But I'm going to take it a step further, John. The show, the type of listenership you have on your show – and what we have from people paying attention. Classes at IU started up this week. And in my lecture hall class, 125 students. True story. I had three students come up to me and tell me that either their dad or their mom and dad listen on Fridays to my singing in this segment all the time. In fact, I had one student come up to me and said, her dad said, my dad told me to tell you, he passed along his, his condolences about Jerry Wade passing because he listens to you every Friday mm. with on JMV. So three students whose parents pay attention to this segment at 4 o'clock on Fridays came up and said their their parents came along, their parents passed along some words to me. So that, that tells you, A, how much people pay attention to your show, listening to my horrible ass singing at 4 o'clock on Fridays, and B, know how much we love our R&B.
7: Yeah. And and again, for uh, what the better part of three decades from from Jerry Wade, that's that's the impact. That, that his voice and, and that show has had on generations around here. And that's, you know, once again what made it it's so sad to hear that news earlier this week, but, you know, so right in terms of you coming on today and, and celebrating, again, something we do together every Friday, and, and the reason why we do it was because of that impact of Jerry Wade on us.
11: Yeah, no, you're 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 hundred percent correct on that. And and that's the thing, I mean, we're 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 old heads. I mean let's be yeah. real it's old heads and Jerry Wade was the king of old school R and B in this community for so so many, so many years. I mean, I, I remember so many times when I was covering the Patriots leaving, you know, uh, you know, the then called Bankers Life Fieldhouse, now Gabriel's Fieldhouse, and listening it, you know, easing my mind as I'm listening to him with Jerry with that, you know, that romantic voice. You know, talking about we got some Patty Labelle or some Gerald Laverne on or some guy on, and just saying that's how I kind of you know got off my high of writing the game story on Deadline to just chill back and listen to him on the way out.
7: Yeah. It, um, it It's special, and we'll have incredible memories, but uh, it was sad news, certainly with his passing earlier this week. As Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Crew Potline. We'll move along to something certainly um, a lot less impactful was the ending of the Colts season. And then yesterday, the quarterback, Anthony Richardson, and uh, after year seven of the general managing of Chris Ballard met with the media, what would you gather out of that? What would you gather first with that Saturday loss and then moving forward? Because to me yesterday, Mike, it kind of felt like normalcy has struck again, and, and not regarding losing, but just it wasn't coming off of a clown show. It wasn't coming off of gotta, you know, Carson Wentz, you wins, got to get rid of him. He's awful. I mean, it came off where it felt like for the first time in a while, even with an incredibly disappointing loss, that the arrow for this group was pointed in the right direction.
11: Yeah, you know it is it's weird. Um how 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 I looked at it. Obviously, let's talk about Saturday first. You got to have your dogs out there. You got I don't care that Donaldson Taylor was being up. I mean, he rushed for over a buck 50. It's fourth and one, yes great play call, but you got to have your horse out there. You got to have him out there. He's been gashing the Texans up all game. And we talked about this last Friday. You can't take sentimental value and say, "Oh my god, you know, they got nine wins. It was a better season than what everybody expected. Your season's on the line. A chance to go to the postseason. You're playing at home. Everything's in your favor. And you go out and lose that football game. So, there's no – that's inexcusable. I'm yeah. not, they're not getting a free pass. The season. They should have done that. With that said, what I found interesting about Chris Ballard uh, when he talked to me yesterday, I kind of felt like he was relaxed. You know what I'm saying? Because think about it. So 2017, at the end of the 2017 season, his press conference has to, you know, talking about having to get rid of Chuck McGonigal, the head coach. 2018, Andrew Luck comes back is great. 2019, he comes out with the comments about Jacoby that the verdict's still out on Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. 2020, great. You know, they didn't know about Phillip Rivers how much he was on play, so you had the quarterback questions again. We well, you know how 2021 was. That was a straight. That was a advertiser – of a poo-poo show that set up what he had to deal with last year. But this, I felt like yesterday, he kind of felt calm. Like, he felt calm out of the situation and believed that things, you know, that they're headed in the right direction on things.
7: Um, it was just, it, it felt it just wasn't a lot of crap to go over right i mean outside of what you mentioned and that's what i talked about on monday was that inexcusable loss and then i had a lot of colts fans say well you know what you're coming down too hard it was a great season regardless and then no i mean that that can have a profound effect in the negative on how you finish and that was an inexcusable at home situational finish and you know what you'll get to see that tomorrow i want you mike when Houston's hosting a home game as the AFC South champion uh, tomorrow against Cleveland in a very winnable postseason game. And I think Colts fans will get even more of a feeling <laughs> about how, how unfortunate that loss was last Saturday night.
11: Yeah. I mean, listen, the loss, the loss sucked. And then for Jacksonville got lose and knowing had you won the game. You'd have been the AFC South champs for the first time since the, uh, what, 2013 or 2014, 2015 season, that's like that's a gigantic kick in the kahunas, man. Yeah, that's that's what, it, that's what it should feel like. It's like you got kicked in the kahunas, and you can't walk for days.
7: Yeah, I, I
11: agree. And, and the other
7: thing is, too, it you could tell that Chris Ballard w- was certainly – more calm another reason can be is i mean you're gonna have two more years to get this right so you're gonna be going into year number eight and year number nine hopefully to see some sort of of results but there's always going to be and i've mentioned this mike and i want to see if you follow me on this that it is going to take at least until november And that is consistently being on the field until November for Colts fans to thoroughly get the feeling that everything is going to be okay regarding Anthony Richardson. Is it going to be that timetable? Because essentially it's the timetable of his rookie season that he did not get a chance to play out. So we just reboot that right to coming up this year with Anthony Richardson in mind.
11: Yeah, it is. So I'm going to backtrack real quick and go back to Ballard. I recall – at the in at the start of the season, when Anthony was clear, Anthony Richardson was the starter, we talked about how this had bought Chris Ballard two more years at least. He he couldn't have got fired this year with a rookie quarterback. Yep. Based off of what happened this season, you know, the, the, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna call it successful. Successful is the Super Bowl victory. Uh based off them having a winning record with Having to deal with backups at times, especially a quarterback, uh, releasing Shaq Leonard, missing Jonathan Taylor at times, does this put Chris Ballard in a position to be GM for three, four more years?
7: Oh, easy. Yeah, I said two. I said two,
11: and yeah, he not he,
7: like I forget how long his his contract extension was. Maybe it was four years. Uh, he's going to see he's going to see most, if not all, that easily.
11: Yeah, easily. So, I, and I, I want to see if he's going to back it up by talking about the financial flexibility that they have. You know, to be—I mean, yeah. our, our, hey, how many how many years have we heard about financial flexibility and things like that when it comes to the Pacers and the Colts?
7: Well, and it's it's been way too long. I would ask you this: by now, so you go through what seven years now, right? Seven years of of leading this thing and with that philosophy that he first started with and obviously he has built and tried to build on both sides of the football up front with that philosophy but he has had to have changed right yeah a little bit as far as what now is a winnable product compared to what his thought was in building a winnable product i mean he certainly has changed and you've got to me you've got to change even more profoundly moving forward Right now, I mean, you you better recognize who your coach is, who your quarterback is, and understand what you're dealing with and not have the old-school thoughts that he had when he first came in here or midway through his tenure here so far.
11: Listen, we we talk about what they have. I think the biggest – I think probably – I don't want to say surprise because you never want to – not you you become a head coach for a reason. What Shane Steichen did this season from a head coaching standpoint should clear the way to say, okay – we have the coach who is not going to screw this up. We have a guy who can coach this team with the, with, with. No, doesn't matter what personnel you have out there, and get the job done. So that should even open up and make Chris Ballard and the front office say, okay, we can go ahead and roll the dice and spend a little bit more more money to upgrade the roster because Shane Sykin clearly is the right guy for it.
7: No, I buy that. I do. I, I'm, and I just. Like, some people say, well, it doesn't have to change that dramatically. I, I think that it it does. I do. I-, I still think that there are significant steps that you need to take to make sure you build around what you believe to be your long-term future choice at quarterback. And there still is a lot of cobbling and piecing together that offensively. Make no mistake about it, right?
11: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh- how sold are you on the wide receivers? Like, I mean, how? I mean, first of all, you got Michael Pittman in the contract situation, but as far as the, the wide receiving core, are you a big believer? Like, okay, these are the guys that they can rely on with Anthony Richardson, and be not just a wide receiving group, but be in the the top half, top third of the NFL when it comes to receivers.
7: I I actually think that if Pierce would have somebody occasionally look at him more than he's looked at, then maybe that could be a difference. We'll see. I mean, there hadn't been, production-wise, a lot of reasons for me to buy that or believe that, but I kind of do. Uh, I do believe in Michael Pittman Jr. I I think that he is just necessary for a variety of reasons here, but they are, whether you you hope to draft it somewhere or, for me... I mean, is there any place you can find? We always have these diva like elite level wide receivers that get disenchanted with their spot and want to change in scenery. You know, this time of year going into, you know, the, the winter months, can they find that? Can they upgrade? Because you absolutely have to. This is clearly might not enough and I haven't even talked about the tight end position yet but this is clearly not enough at wide receiver and I know that 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 wears people out because that's what we always talk about but that doesn't make it any less of the truth and to me you would want to get somebody that has been down the path somebody that you can count on coming in and getting immediate response and respect for a quarterback that is going to need surrounded by talent of that level that's I think the path you have to take I don't have a variety of names for you but I think the blueprint of what is necessary with the quarterback that you have hand selected you're moving long term forward with I think that that path is relatively clear
11: oh yeah everything you just said I'm in agreement on and you're right I don't have a clear a clear view of like who what what the landscape is like out there receiver wise what they can do out there but yeah you, you definitely need to add pieces Um, you know, going going forward, I love that Ryan Kelly basically just laughed off and got mad about the whole rumored uh, retirement situation. I think Mike Chappell asked him about it during um, when they met with the media, met with the players at the end of the season. So uh, it's great, you know. I think offensively, we talk about wide receivers. You know, defensively, there's there's gonna be some moves that have to be made in my opinion. There's some there's spots that need to be touched up defensively. Uh, in order for him to keep keep building off of. I found it interesting what Bauer said, that talked about the whole Shaq Leonard situation, that basically EJ Speed was ready to become a starter. So essentially what Bauer was saying is that EJ Speed's a better player than Sha- Shaq Leonard, who looked like he was going to be an elite defender throughout his entire career when he first started in the league.
7: Yeah, well, and that thing. That thing fell apart pretty dramatically (laughs) did it not after a a couple of injuries it uh, went right down the hill mike wells of espn radio he's on the andy moore automotive group hotline i didn't want to change pace to you to the pacers uh the injury to tyrese halliburton which we all crossed our fingers and hoped that wouldn't happen and it did all right they they won that first time out at home against the wizards which you should you get atlanta tonight i would like to think they could get that. And in fact, with what's on their schedule out West, I think you absolutely have to get that. But did you notice as much as everybody else, including me, this offense, it is so dramatically different without Halliburton. I mean, you talk about being fun and dynamic. And even though they won, it was far from that. And that win a couple of nights ago against the Wizards. This going to be sustainable At least here in the short-term future, while Halliburton's coming back,
11: it's it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge because of what Halliburton does. You know, not not only from the scoring standpoint, but how he sets up his teammates for easy buckets. And it it, it sucks that that's the case because you know, Jay and I were at the uh, the the, uh, Pacers Celtics game last Saturday. I know um, they lost to Jalen Brown, put on a clinic out there and everything, but still. Just, just the buzz, and mind you, this is the same like the Colts were playing the Texans. Just the buzz inside of the field house, and being in that environment again, you can tell the excitement is there with the team, and for them to go out and win on Monday night, whether you know, I, I saw I was following your tweets and everything. You had people moaning and groaning um, about about calls and everything, and like you said, I mean, the Pacers got done dirty in that playoff series against the Cavs, but yeah. you 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 have to hope the better you have to hope that while Halliburton's out there that not only do they remain competitive but they still some games that on paper they're not supposed to win because you, the last thing you want especially with the all-star game we're five weeks away or whatnot you don't want people to lose their buzz about what's been going on with this team so far.
7: No I agree I I just it was more discombobulated offensively. And and I made it a point to describe it this way and it's just I guess because I watch Miles, you know, his, his on the ball and off the ball action a lot when he does the high ball screen action and then slips to the goal you can tell there's a huge difference like when, when it was Malcolm Brogdon you could tell by his actions and response that he pretty much knew most of the time he wasn't going to get a look when yeah. Halliburton he, you could tell he's always ready, feeling that he's going to get that opportunity. And this is nothing against Bruce Brown or anybody else or, you know, Andrew Nimhard. But when he got in that action with either one of them, you could tell that he was, again, thinking that he wasn't going to get it. So I, I start right there with a difference. But there's a myriad of difference, including just his offense, that of Halliburton in general, which is just incredibly missing on what is going to be a really tough Western road swing here.
11: Yeah, because it's a long one too, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I know it's normally long, but if I'm not mistaken, when I looked at the schedule, it looks like it's going to be even longer than what um, than a normal routine West Coast qu- uh, trip for the quarter. Yeah, they got
7: they got that dreaded mountain time zone to mountain time zone back to back. They go from Denver on Sunday afternoon to Salt Lake City on Monday night, and you knew this Ooh, that, covering oh,
11: that, covering
7: the NBA. NBA players hate that.
11: That high altitude kicks your butt, man. And that altitude kicks your butt, and then you always have the opportunity. You usually, have a little lag when you right when you come back home and stuff because you're tired of coming off the trip. So, right. it, it, it'll 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 be um, it'll be interesting how it plays out. Hey, Chip, I know it's almost time for you to kick me off the air. Who do you got winning? Who's in the Super Bowl for you?
7: I picked uh, earlier today the 49ers and the Bills, and the 49ers to win it. I like that. I I don't know why I went with the Bills. I wanted to go – I wanted to have a rep. I wanted to have a rep that was playing this weekend because I do buy into teams that win on this opening weekend have a head start over those that don't. And I wanted to take a team that was playing this weekend, and I went ahead – I don't know why. They're going to have weather, too. I chose Buffalo over – Pittsburgh, I didn't want Pittsburgh, I didn't think Pittsburgh was going to go to the Super Bowl, but I think Buffalo can get, even under those weather conditions, a good head start at it. And with their quarterback, their offense and mixing some defense can be an issue. So I have the Niners and the Bills and the Super Bowl and the Niners winning it.
11: So no no faith that you think Lamar, Lamar uh, regular season nah. that Camps?
7: You know, I, I thought about that. I just, um, man, I, I just, I think sitting out that first weekend sometimes it takes you, you know, a, a quarter or a half to get kick started. And if your defense is is not up to playing at the level when it should, you can get behind the eight ball pretty quick. So I don't know if that is going to be an issue for them. I just wanted to make sure I took one team from this opening weekend of the postseason that I think is going to get off to a roll, and then. You know, the Bills probably get rolled up this weekend, and everybody laughs at me. So, the Niners and the Bills, I guess it, it would be. I, I think I think the 49ers are just going to be in the NFC too good on either side of the football consistently to be able to deal with, even with some of the questions you would have with Brock Purdy that loom.
11: Yeah. Hey, um, I got to get rid of our brother, but uh, we are basically a week and a couple of days away from uh, Brownsburg West Middle School and a little <laughs> Center Grove Central on January 22nd, uh, man. What? Are you a. I think six thirty or six forty five tip. You gonna be able to
7: get down there? I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to roll some tape here and see if I can I haven't been to one yet. They've played uh, I think they played Franklin this week and Greenwood Christian last night. And they've won both those. I have not been yet. But yes, I will tape at least and be or do something and be down there. I'm gonna try to go to one next week. I think they have either New Pal or or Whiteland or somebody next week. I'm gonna try to go to that. But not nah, Laney's Laney's digging it. Laney's digging it. Likes her coach. Um girls all get along good start to the season so far
11: I, I like to hear that brother hey man you have a great great weekend um, i like to
7: i like to hear it too because <laughs> last year stunk <laughs> so,
11: Yeah, hey, i wasn't gonna say anything this time i was gonna let you ride i'm, I'm trying one. to i'm
7: trying to be nice man i want to lower the boom on somebody's ass but it, i want to be nice about it so i'm trying to be so
11: nah man yeah have a great weekend man i'm about to drop one kid off at of basketball practice drop k off at of practice and then uh up your girl, Layla, sit in the parking lot, and she's gonna tell me to wait on the curb because she doesn't want to get wet. Walk into the car, so.
7: <laughs> well, tell her, tell her we miss her, and we'll see her soon. All
11: right, brother, you have a great
7: weekend. You too, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on and the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I was really glad that when he came on, he talked about that that impact that Jerry Wade here had locally, and that is, you'd always kind of ask why we did that every Friday, and, and some, you know, understand it as as fun loving. And others, you know, like say, "Oh, I can't believe you're doing this on sports talk." Railway. you know, dorks like that will say. But it was it, it was always and will always will be to honor Jerry Wade, just because we were both tremendous fans of the Quiet Storm. And again, that impact that he had here in Central Indiana for decades that will incredibly be missed. And I I thought uh, to start that segment, he got off on uh, uh, really. A great angle as to why it was so significant and so meaningful to him, and that's that's cool. Quick break, and we shall return. I got time for you at two three nine ten seventy coming up on the other side, five o'clock hour as well. is going to be here live. He'll check in from Atlanta. Get the Pacers and the Hawks from Atlanta later on tonight. Denari in the five o'clock hour. We've got some. Anything goes as well in the 6 o'clock hour, James? The James AccuWeather forecast coming back at you again. It does not look good for this weekend. Tomorrow night, there will be no fire pit action for the JMV Takeover. This is going to be inside wherever you are with the heat cranked and the volume cranked for the JMV Takeover on B105.7. Beginning finally, too, by the way, the first Saturday of the new year. So far, we've been two into season number four one on New Year's Eve on a Sunday, and the other. Last Friday, the first Saturday, finally back in our normal location on the all-request Saturday night. That's tomorrow night on B105.7, beginning at 6 p.m. Quick break. We'll come back inside the AAA Membership Lounge. Remember, you got to make sure your vehicle is good to go and you are covered during this weather. The cold, the slick roads, and all that, the AAA Membership Lounge. AAA's always, and I mean always, has your back for that. We're back with you next
10: and everything
0: in between. The Ride with JMV. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
7: Dave writes this, JMV at 107.5, thefan.com. JMV, just want to make sure that Miles' high ball screen is much different than the Xavier Johnson. Yes, it is a very – what I'm talking about there is drastically different than the uh, ball screen on Tuesday at Rutgers for the toss from the game actions of the uh, six-year, 24-year-old IU point guard. Incredibly different. But I'll be honest with you, you watched that tonight with the Pacers – And see if it's any better, but see if you notice that as well. Like, everybody everybody is on call when Halliburton's out there with the ball. And that's what makes him so amazing and really so unique. Because not only is he a willing elite-level distributor, but he is also an elite-level scorer. And we all know this, if you follow basketball, as long as everybody has around here, sometimes that doesn't mesh very well. But in terms of Tyrese Halliburton, it is a perfect fit, and it has been perfect for this team. And that's one thing that you have noticed. And and certainly you've seen this offensively. From what they average per game to what they got against the Wizards the other night, but it is just the flow of the game offensively. And just making others better. And that's not at all a shot against Bruce Brown and not a shot against Andrew Nimhard or or T.J. McConnell or anybody like that. But that just goes to show you, and you saw it the other night, the difference between so many of those in the NBA and what this Pacer team looks like with Tyrese Halliburton out there. Because you get both. You get that elite level passer, and you also get an elite level score. And again, oftentimes there's not much of a mixture right there. That's what you're going to get coming up a little bit later on tonight. We got Kristen Aries going to join us from Atlanta coming up in the five o'clock hour. So be ready for that uh jmv you should have a blue friday as i'm blue there is no playoff game for the colts this weekend i I tell you i like seeing everybody around here but not as much as i like going out and hanging out with you guys so that is a bummer i mentioned this too this is the second time was i in here during the bye week on a friday or was i out for that too i can't remember i think you were in here so i've been here one time now two times today on a Friday in studio since August. That sounds right, yeah. Because I, I was, I don't think I was in once. I don't think I was in here any in, in September on a Friday. No, no. So yeah, this is the second time in studio, according to both me and James. Second time in studio uh, since August. I love being out. That is a hell of a time, but I'm, I'm missing it today. Gritty writes this, hey, JMV, I buy adult beverages, milk and bread. That's for losers. <laughs> I, I just go with what the Kroger folks, my friends there in Center Grove, told me this morning. I was in there at 730, and they said they are getting ready for the bread, eggs, and milk crowd to come forcefully. Sean Collinsworth writes this, no Indiana State preview for the game against Belmont tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I mentioned the Sycamores. Hey, don't let me down back-to-back here. On Wednesday night, you go on the road. That was going to be a tough call at Drake. Don't get me wrong. You look good until about the 15-minute mark of the second half, and then the bottom falls out. And you get outclassed the rest of the way. And I thought Josh Schertz, their head coach, said it right after the game. He said, yeah, they were just much the better team. And that's exactly how it was. Let Tucker DeVries, 35-year-old Tucker DeVries go off on you. Indiana State is really fun to watch offensively. The problem that they're going to have, they there are some like teams in the Mo Valley. Like the Mo Valley is pretty good at the top. Well, you're talking about Drake. We mentioned Southern Illinois yesterday. You know, Belmont can get it done too. And then you slot Indiana State in there near the top, and that's okay. But you got a lot of teams that are alike. And what are you going to do? in those moments in which your offense isn't clicking or you're not knocking down that three at a high-volume level that you're used to, you want to be able to lean on a little bit of defense. And I haven't looked at the defensive numbers. I've just looked at it in terms of the eyeball test. Sometimes they look willing, and at other times, I guess that just comes with the territory of playing defense and basketball, other times they don't look so willing. And those are the times that you see them fall behind. No, but Sean, I'm right there with you. I don't want to see this group go back-to-back in losses right there. So let's not do it. Indiana State and Belmont. get IU, Minnesota, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers a little bit earlier. I think echoed what a lot of you had talked about, especially after that Tuesday night loss in New Jersey to Rutgers. If you look at that game and your coaching staff – or just you with your self-motivation. If you can't get up at home against a good Minnesota team, understand the circumstances that you're going to have to put together some wins and really you can't afford to lose any games at home. If you come out at all and look anywhere in the neighborhood that you did on Tuesday night at Rutgers, then shame on everybody. I'm not suggesting this team can just turn it off and turn it on whenever you want but my God I don't think it's I don't think it's above beyond whatever to call for a much better effort that was just slow and slogging and barely looked like you wanted to be their basketball for the most part and then you combine that with a not great skill set. And a coaching staff that clearly didn't have any answers—that's bad all the way around. So I think tonight, I think this tonight you're going to get a little bit of of something told to you about about this group, and I mean everybody—the guys on the floor—and again, I don't have visions of Big Ten championships or anything like that. But for goodness' sake, everybody turned that crap off the other night after you purchased Peacock. You know, the hell with this—I'm going to turn this off. What teams are normally really good at, especially basketball-wise, would be in response with a home game that it is a noted venue like Assembly Hall. We're going to get a little bit, hopefully, extra there. If you can't respond after that incredibly lackluster effort on Tuesday, then there no doubt you are who you are. You're always looking for, you know, from a team really on any level where you're talking about bad, mediocre, good, but you're still looking for an evolution, you know, kind of a stair step evolution. You know, those moments where, yeah, you were that level, but now you're consistently at a higher level or maybe even consistently at a lower level. Then you ask the questions why and you go with what's getting you there or you try to reboot, do something different with what is dragging you down. That philosophy to me, that analogy to me is what entails IU tonight against Minnesota. Boilers in Penn State tomorrow for Mackey Arena. And as I mentioned, you got Indiana State, Belmont. You got Butler and Seton Hall all coming up this weekend. We'll keep track of that. Don Fisher, Voice of the Cougars, a little bit earlier, that podcast, 1075thefan.com. You can find that. All right, I got time for some calls. This is Not Anything Goes, but calls at 239 1070. Didn't have time yesterday because of what we we're doing at Parks Place Pub. We had Rick Venturi on as well. I've got time to get your response on what Chris Ballard and Anthony Richardson said yesterday. Some Colts conversation, what I brought up regarding the Pacers in Atlanta and their tell especially without Tyrese Halliburton the college schedule that gets into the weekend as well and yeah, we can even do some NFL postseason if you want Kalen DeBoer is the next head coach of Alabama that's incredible to think about Not that long ago, the offensive coordinator of IU was going to take over now for the legendary sixth national title winning head coach. And Kalen DeBoer is going to be the next head coach down at Alabama. Taking over for Nick Saban, that is absolutely incredible. Think about that too. IU offensive coordinator... Michael Penix, a little bit of magic in the COVID season. Now you move on, become the head coach of Fresno State and have success there, move on after that to Washington. Clear success in the national title game. And then Nick Saban, Nick Saban retires, and it's Kalen DeBoer. That is incredible. I'll let that, too, if you like it, 239-1070. All right, quick break. We'll come back inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Again, AAA for all of your motor needs, especially with the inclement weather that is upon us right now, either cold, slick, snowy, whatever, AAA is always there for you. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
10: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here.
14: He's not the massage. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away.
0: 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. AAA
7: Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Make sure you're good to go. Cold temps, slick roads. AAA with that membership has your back. Now we got anything goes at the 6 o'clock hour. is going to be here coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, so be ready for that again. Inside the lounge, you guys can check out my Mr. Pib t-shirt that we're rocking today, which is nice alright two three right, 239-1070. Can I, I'm going to go ahead and take a call here, James. I know I, I got this right here. Jerome here on a Friday when we're in studio. Jerome, welcome to the show.
15: Hey, how's it going, my brother? How you doing? Today? Jerome,
7: I'm great. Thank you for the call. Go ahead.
15: Thanks for going down memory lane with... With, with the lover man. We all grew up on him, man. If it wasn't yeah. Jay, Super J. Johnson or Thomas Parker, Sachs, it was the lover man.
7: That, that I will say this, that uh, TLC was one of my go-tos when I was growing up too. Like, like 99 and a half when it was Kiss 99 and then ZPL, it was one of my go-tos. You know, you, you get Q95 with Bob and Tom and the Qzu early, one of my go-tos. Uh, the old school AM at 1070 and WIBC was a go-to. But, you know, Jerry was, too. I mean, he, he was a, a foundational piece that helped get me interested in radio, and I will never forget that, and I never will forget the out, the impact that he has had on me and so many of us around here. I mean, really, it truly is an Indianapolis radio iconic.
15: I can't get over the Colts loss, man. I think all Indiana Colts fans feel just like Marshawn Lynch. You never thought that you would see that play happen again after the Super Bowl and we just did it on Sunday. Shane Steichen, had he won that game, would have probably been coach of the year.
7: Well, I'd said this. I didn't even mind, Jerome, the play that was called. And and we can debate the personnel, but having – your best guy on the sideline offensively for a play of that magnitude made zero sense. And I mentioned this to Rick Venturi, talked about this earlier this week. All right, so to me, I would trust if he were involved that if he was dinged up or not, that the outcome would have been different than what we saw. But at the very least, can you not have him on the field so at least his threat is there, which was non-existent standing on the sideline? That made zero sense to me.
15: You have a $14 million back. You just put him and Zach Moss in the game. I just I didn't understand that. Uh, The only thing the coach can do to make me happy is trade this year's first and next year's first and a second rounder for Marvin Harrison. Also, one more thing, JMV, my brother. Yes, sir. Being a proud, proud Broad Ripple Rocket, I got to send my condolences out to a legendary player from Broad Ripple, Donnie Harris. Donnie Shake Harris, man. He was probably what you call an almost NBA-ready guard in high school, man. He passed away recently, and also shout out to Eddie Hannon, the legendary Eddie Hannon, man, who played at Tech High School. If you played in any leagues, Pro-Am, I don't care if you're in the NBA, the best league in the state of Indiana, bar none, you can ask any NBA player here or college player with Eddie Hannon's league. Eddie Hannon was a legendary player himself, man. Eddie who at Tech High School, before Landon Turner, before Brian Dillon, before Trey Lyles, Eddie Hannon, Eddie who, man. Shouts out to his family.
7: You got it. Hey, Jerome, have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Some uh, sky point love to both uh, Broad Ripple and Tech right there. Man, he's right about Jerry Wade, though. So right. Uh, Daryl's at 239-1070. Daryl, great to see you yesterday up in Fishers.
2: How you doing, brother?
7: Great, brother. Go ahead. Hey,
2: got, got some uh, good news for you. Direct uh settled a uh, deal with uh, whoever they're negotiating with where the games will be showing on NBC, the regular NBC channel. I
7: so know, TV. Te- it's Tegna, I believe, is the broadcast yeah, outlet it. that houses Channel 13. So all uh, all balance well, is restored, is what you're telling me here.
2: You no, know, just they're just going to cover the games. They're going to
7: just let you watch the games this weekend. Oh wow! Well, that's probably good for them. I'm surprising they're they're doing that. So that's that's good though. That's good. I had no idea. Where'd you find that information? I
2: didn't even know. I just popped up the screen this morning before I headed out the door, and it showed up on the screen.
7: Mm, but you still can't see the Chiefs and the Dolphins without Peacock, though, correct?
2: No, whatever the game. Oh, going really? On NBC, you're going to be able to watch them this weekend.
7: Okay, and and they're going to lift we're gonna be able to see it here on 13 even though yeah,
2: just 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 for the game oh, no off after the games
7: oh, I should I should have hit the breaking news sounder for daryl right there i had no idea well done out of you man good breaking news so at least for the weekend daryl i I, I can quit making fun of channel
2: 13.
3: anything else yeah,
2: i showed that also uh, ballard yesterday is uh this speech, it was the same one as last year.
7: Well, I, I would I would disagree. I thought last, last year there was a lot more on the table. There was a lot more dysfunction. This year I thought, I, I think you could go back maybe three or four. It would have been the same. The last two maybe not so much because of the disappointment and dysfunction. Yeah, but you're right. I thought it was, it was an average Chris Ballard postseason situation. It just wasn't like last year to me, so.
2: Also, one other thing, yep. if you're looking for a team to root for this weekend, all you Colts fans, root for my Lions. They need all the help they can get.
7: So we're rooting for Detroit coming up this weekend is what you're saying that here.
2: That place is going to be rocking. It's, it's standing only uh, standing only for 500 a ticket. What That place will be rocking. That's the first postseason game in Detroit since? Uh, it's been 30 years.
7: At the old Pontiac Silverdome.
2: Yep, I was I was there. It's been a long time, Jamie. Who they? Uh, 63, I'm 63
7: years old, man. It's been who, a long time. Who did they? Uh, they lose? To? Was that uh, 93? Was that when they were Dallas? Okay, Dallas. I was thinking I didn't know if it was Washington or
2: I or hope Dallas. I hope they get a re uh, get get uh, beat the Rams and go up go to Jerry's Wills again and beat up on Dallas.
7: Let me tell you this: the uh, Stafford return. And the the golf stuff, you, you can't make that up, that matchup. You know what I mean? Well,
2: that's what they wanted.
7: <laughs> you can't make it up. <laughs> hey, thanks for the DirecTV and NBC info right there.
2: All right, brother. You have a good weekend. So, we'll talk to you on Saturday you night. You too.
7: Daryl's going to be a part of the JMV takeover. I, I had zero idea. Anybody else confirm that? So from Daryl, not only – Well, we have NBC for the games that they have this weekend here locally on 13. But we'll also be able to see the Peacock game too, which will be the Chiefs and uh, the Dolphins. I did not see that earlier today. Well, breaking news right there. All right, if you're on hold right now, I'll get to you. I'm going to take a break. We'll talk to you coming up on the other side, too. Chris Denary is going to join us from Atlanta, bottom of the hour, Bally Sports Indiana, and the Pacers start that Western Road Swing in all places but Atlanta this evening. Uh, A team that they absolutely beat the crap out of last week. We'll see if they can do that without Tyrese Halliburton later on tonight. Denary, bottom of the hour. If you're on hold, 239-1070, I've got you there. Or if you're thinking about something you would like to talk about, we can do that as well. Friday, 5 o'clock, we've got you covered here on this incredible sports weekend. It's got a lot of inclement weather mixed in as well. Don't go anywhere. 93.5-107-5, the fan.
0: The Ride with JMV. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. James over there, I'm
7: John. Thank you for joining us. 5 o'clock hour, that's got you. It's got me. guess we call it you and and me and... Chris DiNeri from Atlanta. Bottom of the hour. You do not want to miss that. Remember, 5.30... That's IU pregame. Don Fisher, who joined us a little bit earlier, voice of the Hoosiers. Minnesota and IU down in Bloomington. That tip time's over on 93 WIBC. That begins at 630 this evening. Uh, Jeremiah says, so I go to the store and I got the essentials here. Guacamole supplies, beer, eggs. Yeah, well done. I got um, green beans and granola bars. This morning. that sound good to anybody out there? I was going to get the Quaker ones, but the Quaker ones went through a recall last week or something. I think. The granola bars. Yeah, I think so. Really? I believe so. Last week or the week before last? Maybe the end of the year. I'm not sure.
8: I might need to throw mine away.
7: I'm a big granola. I'm a big granola bar fan, as you, you can see, but they tell me those are really fattening too. I thought granola was supposed to be dietary. No? I would
8: have no idea. Man.
7: You know how many things I've been through. There was a time, and I'm going to get your calls. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll get to you in a second, but I don't want to run off on this tangent here uh, without making sure you understand. There was a time in the 90s when I remember um, we went through all that low-fat and no-fat phase. They had the snack wells. I think they still kind of make snack wells. Was that – I forget who made snack wells. Not Keebler. Anyway – they had some of the most tremendous small chocolate chip cookies ever made right there. They didn't tell you, though, that it may be low in fat for like one or two, but if you eat the entire
8: box, it's not. says they were made by Nabisco. Nabisco. I love Snackwell's. I don't know if I've ever had one. Two things they need to bring back. I don't know if they still
7: make that or not. They're small chocolate chip cookies, Snackwell's, that... And they used to have, Jif peanut butter used to have a chocolate silk
8: flavor. Really? I'll tell you what. That sounds really good. So
7: legit. I have no idea. How does that not work in this world? How <laughs> do you get rid of that?
8: The uh, the cookies look like little Thin Mints, like the Girl Scout cookies a little bit. They're awesome. Yeah.
7: They are awesome. Well, I mean, there's they, they have Devil's Food, which is also. But this came in a box. It came in a box of uh, very small... Chocolate chip cookies, snack wells. Oh yeah, that and pasta was low fat in the nineties. I ate tons of rice. I ate so much, so much red beans and rice in the nineties. It was incredible. Now I also played I played basketball seven days a week back then. Now, a little bit different. Plus, my metabolism wasn't like some old woman from the eighteen hundreds churning butter. That's what it's like now. See? Different errors all together. All right, 239-1070 is the number. We talked to Don Fisher earlier, IU Minnesota tonight. Chris Denary, bottom of this hour, regarding the Hawks and the Pacers this evening. Recap of uh, both Chris Ballard and Anthony Richardson from yesterday. If you missed our conversation, which was lengthy and incredible, with Rick Venturi on the closing of the cold season and what is necessary moving forward, you'll want to make sure you grab that. On 107.5thefan.com. Brian Evans, too, from Wednesday. A lot of you love that. And that is there, too. Kalen DeBoer, the former IU offensive coordinator. Most recently, the national championship runner-up head coach of Washington has accepted his next coaching gig at Alabama. That today. And I don't know. I haven't checked yet. I haven't seen, like, this has been a week full maybe even longer than a week, of on-air personalities nationally fighting. We've got Fighting national, per- on-air personalities nationally fighting. Which to me, it all looks incredibly fake. And it looks like that it was pre-organized, but fighting. Today, it looks like it's maybe national personality fighting. I think they've taken the day off. Maybe you got those quick numbers back and they saw that it really doesn't do any good. No fighting so far today. And uh, bad weather conditions on the inbound. Got the AccuWeather forecast from James Adams coming up here in a minute, too. 239-1070 is that number. After five, we go, and Bob is up next. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you?
5: Hey, I'm good, John. Good friend. We have a deceased good friend that drove the white Ranger pickup
7: down down in Bargersville. You yes. know, I know uh, Rusty, the mole man. There was nobody yeah, wanted to call you. Nobody better than Rusty. Me. Nobody has ever removed moles from mine and others yards as well as Rusty. And also was a fantastic dude that loved fishing. He was a great guy. He's missed.
5: Yeah. Hey, I wanted to tell you I heard you mention Jerry Wade. Here's a little snippet for you. Okay. Back in 1989, September 9th, we got married, and Jerry was a good friend of mine. We worked at United Student Aid Fund together, and Jerry was on TLC. He ended up, I went to him and asked him, he ended up DJing in our reception out at the old
7: Adams Mark hotel. Oh, man. You don't. You, you wouldn't even have to tell him what to play. I mean, he would have that already logged in and ready to roll for you.
5: It was incredible, John. And we're sitting there and all of a sudden the ballroom totally empties out everybody. And we're like, what the hell went on? Well, keep in mind, it's September 9th. The next day, mm. the Colts were playing the San Francisco 49ers. And they are staying at the Adams Mark, and here comes um, Jerry Rice and Montana down the hallway,
7: and everybody's chasing
5: them, trying to get autographs.
7: They were staying at the Adams Mark out near the airport? Yes. What?
8: The Adams Mark with Quincy
7: Quincy still going at that time? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That's great right there. There's no way. Can you imagine the the how should i put this lightly can you imagine the pickup that joe montana had inside quincy's at the adams mark <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> when when i heard you mention jerry wade i'm a, what is
5: he doing nowadays do you know
7: um jerry wade passed away earlier this week really that's, i didn't hear yeah, that part. yeah that's why that's why. Then that's something. When I explained it, Mike and I had always done our our Friday slow jam re-entry in his honor because we were such big fans of the Quiet Storm. And yeah, um, Jerry passed away at the age of sixty three. Going oh back to God. earlier in the week, so we we are talking a lot about him um, mixed in with sports because. The one thing I know of this is people around here love sports and love music, but they loved him, and that was an iconic indie voice that unfortunately was lost earlier this week.
5: Jerry was amazing. Just amazing. That is
7: a great story at the Adams, Mark, though. Great.
5: Yeah. Have a good one, John. I just had to call in when I heard
7: that. Yeah, Bob, thank you very much. That's all. You would not have to come up with – like I I did DJing back in for weddings in the early to mid '90s, and the uh, you've probably gone through this to get married, right? You make out your playlist, and this is the you know the father daughter dance song, and you know this is our first dance song, and see, I did it in and around Bloomington, and I guess at the time, I don't know if this still holds true. At the time, clearly the most popular wedding song. For well, the first dance between the bride and groom was van morrison's moon dance and there came a time when i said much like i do meatloaf now i go hey i'm gonna ban this because this is terrible i know it's your wedding but please for the love of god don't tell me that you want for your first song to hear moon dance it was every single one but you wouldn't have to tell jerry wade that by the way any any story involving the Adams, Mark and Quincy's, especially revolving around the 80s and the 90s, I am 100% in for. <laughs> and if you remember this show, when actor John Cusack, who I believe is going to be here again in town, maybe this month, sometime in the winter. Now, he does a little conversation over to Mira. But last time he was in town, he came on with me and we were talking about. Eight Men Out that was filmed here in the late 80s and how he he mentioned where they stayed and they stayed in the Adams Mark and he and Charlie Sheen did frequent Quincy's and the, can you imagine that
8: how about that duo right there picking up some strange some indie strange yes uh, just so you know John Cusack will be in indie. it says Friday January 19th so that's coming up next week yeah how's he not been
7: on the show again he was on the it He was great last time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, the, the thing of it is with him, he now kind of gets off on a political angle, which I have zero interest in. But my goodness, if we're talking about Quincy's and Eight Men Out and going out with Charlie Sheen or my uh, not my bodyguard, his sister was in that. But any of those 80s films, Better Off, Dead, you know, any of the stuff that he has been in, iconic about, I'm all for but he was really good. He didn't talk politics or anything like that. Now I probably I don't know about that. But uh no, he was good. The the story about he and Sheen here at Indy at Quincy's at the Adams Mark was absolutely classic. Those of you that know me know of that place well. That was legendary. Uh David's up next, line three, two three nine ten seventy. David, welcome to the show. How are you?
11: Oh, uh, doing okay. Go ahead. Do you, hear, do you hear anything about Xavier Johnson? Is he suspended or anything?
7: I believe he is not. Not from what I've heard
1: yeah. or seen. I just heard. Yeah, I kind of agree with Brian Evans there.
6: It's kind of a, he should really be gone. Well, especially
7: in terms of how many times this has happened. Like this is like the yeah. the third issue that we're talking about right here. And the other thing, and I was talking to Don Fisher about this earlier, David. It becomes – I mean, the lack of availability through injury is one thing. But he has been much right. more of a drag on this team than he has been uplifting. And that right. takes away – And that, I think that's something else that you recognize. And it, you just – you get tired of it. And certainly I thought it was a high point in Hoosier fans being tired of it. And in this case, a former Hoosier and a former Big Ten – you know, player of the year and Brian Evans clearly on Wednesday with me was tired of it. So Right. Yep. True story. Anything else? No, nope, that's it.
6: I just check in on that.
7: You Make got it. it. This is the only thing I've seen so far, David, and thank you for the call. Anthony Leal and Peyton Sparks question marks tonight. Um and uh, Xavier Johnson not listed as questionable on the availability report um i'm trying to look here and see now i don't see anything else here that looks like that's the deal yeah i have seen this tyler just sent me this <laughs> um from a x handle called the trade deadline and this is wojciech nawowski Quote, if you're the Pacers who've been engaged with Toronto regarding Siakam, you don't have to necessarily go out and give the really good young players that the Raptors want. And we've talked about this. Like, Matherin and Walker, come on now. And we talked earlier this week to Evan Sidery about how it appears that from these reports, the Pacers have still consistently been involved in conversation and dialogue with the Raptors about Siakam. I, giving up so much, I'm not quite sure about. Making this team better, if it does, and the mesh is good, I am about. I would just have – I need to see what – would be given up. Skivvy says the upcoming John Cusack appearance has been postponed. According to Skivvy's. So not the 19th evidently has been pushed back to a date yet to be determined. Uh, Tyrese at 239-1070. Tyrese, welcome to the show. How are you?
16: I'm good. How are you?
7: Great. Go ahead. Oh, I'm Uh, sorry. This is is Teresa. This is Teresa. I'm sorry. Yeah. James spelled it really weird. It looked like Tyrese. I know. Go ahead, Teresa.
16: It's Uh, almost spelled like Tyrese, Halliburton. It it
7: looked very much like Tyrese right here at first glance. My apologies, Teresa. Go ahead.
16: I'm happy about that. Good. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I wanted to tell you some stories about uh, Quincy's. (laughs) <laughs> go um, ahead. Not, yeah, 1982, yes. I used to work at Ambassador, right there in Executive Drive.
7: Yep. I took a couple of flights on Ambassador, a couple of day trips yes. on Ambassador. One to Savannah, yes. Georgia, believe it or not, and back. Really? And one to D.C. there and back. And one to those day trips they used to offer. Yes.
16: Yeah, they were awesome. I got to go to Atlantic City one time. Yes. And... And also, Fat Tuesday, we took 900 people Fat Tuesday. You guys are all
7: puking on the flight back home that day. Wow.
16: Yes, yes.
7: (laughs) What do you got, Teresa?
16: Well, you know, the food was awesome there at at Quincy's with that roast beef and uh, the backgammon and the dancing. And uh, Ramada Inn had that dance floor. It, It was just a great time. Yeah, I I just I, I remember I was there a
7: couple of different times, and it was as solid a pickup joint in Indy as there ever has been. And I mean, and Indy's had them like Piccadillys, and oh, some yeah. called that pick a disease. But Piccadillys on the west side was another. There have been a variety of those in the past, but Quincy's I think would be in that hierarchy of the all time grades here in Indy.
16: Oh yeah but it was high class. You could go there for dinner (laughs) and, you know, meet your friends from work. It was just so fun.
7: Teresa, it's great to hear from you. Hopefully you get a call in on the Jamby Takeover tomorrow night on B105.7 to get a request in, okay?
16: Awesome. Thank you so much. Love your show.
7: Thank you, Teresa. Very nice call right there. T-Mobile Ray's lurking at 239-1070. Hello, Ray.
13: Hey, Jim. Uh. Great seeing you in Touchdown Town Saturday night. Oh, no,
7: heck yeah. That was a good time until the end of the game, and then it sucked. Hey,
13: hey John, I've, I've I've never been around an environment like that. Um, this was my first time seeing the ticket holder. Yep. I went to my first Colts game last year and decided to become a season ticket holder. But, uh man it, it, that environment was rocking no yeah, it I was it was no
7: you no like question about it and really there were some some early stages where you wondered if they were going to stay engaged but they did the entire game it was a great crowd yes
13: oh from from the outside to the inside john i i, I, I did some things in touchdown town i never experienced um it, it looked like a um a, a snowboard and they had shots on it and <laughs> me and two other guys had to lift it up, and uh, man, it was a time. Man, I was excited. I, I, I expected to drink a couple of beers, but I, I I ended up getting some hard liquor in Touchdown Town. I wasn't expecting that, but great people. Um, shout out to the Blue Crew. Yeah, uh, they they treated me well, man. And I'm I'm looking to become a member next year in the Blue Blue Crew. I'm gonna spend that forty five bucks. That's outstanding.
7: But, um, well, you gotta you gotta make sure you come around with us in Touchdown Town too. It's a good time there.
13: Oh yeah, that's a must. But I, I wanted to come and uh, share share my story about Jerry. Um, I'm, I'm a 28 year old male, and I met Jerry um, over there at the living room lounge over there. Um, I think what, yep. what is that? Oh, Pennsylvania. Oh, St. St.
7: Joe's, St. Joe's and Penn, something like that. Yes, I believe. Yeah.
13: Yes. It's yep. Over there by a gas station. I know that much. i not. Yeah. Well, it's right.
7: It's right over there by by uh, where, where TLC used to be. You know, now yeah, it's here yeah. with us, but that's where TLC was right there, right over that area. Yes.
13: And I, I met Jerry there, and you know I, I knew Jerry from being in the car with my grandfather and listening to the uh the, his um I, I forgot what it's called the um the quiet um, storm the storm quiet storm yeah yeah and I met Jerry I, you know it was me and a couple ladies there I, I didn't they met him and he, he put on his radio voice and you know we <laughs> had we had drinks and it was a good time man it was a good time meeting him. and you know it, it made me realize that the guy behind the radio never looks how you think he's gonna look <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> but yeah great great man um condolences out to his family um but yeah um and and just lastly i want to say this too get off of ballard get off of him man you want me to get um, off of ballard it, oh yeah get off of him. Does it, did it, has it sounded like recently i was on him yeah we're, we're all being a little overly critical like you said he said a good point he's never had a quarterback on a rookie deal this is the year to get um Get a little aggressive, free agency, the draft, maybe trade up, you know, do those types of things. But I was I was on him last year like crazy,
7: though. Had no doubt, last year. I just yeah. I kind of look. I look at what it is right now. I mean, he's going to have at least two more years to get this thing right. So it doesn't do me much good to sit here and shake my fist every day about it because yeah. Jim Irsay believes in him and did last year, and uh, that's the direction it's going to go, whether I say anything or not. But last year I was. There was no doubt.
13: But, but I think it, it, it's, he's at a critical point now. He has what, what Coach Venturi said is an ambient player at quarterback. Um, so I, I think that gives you the ability to take more swings at the fence, so to speak, instead of trying to hit those singles with, with certain players. Well, and, you know, from, from
7: your lips to his ears. How about that? <laughs> oh, I would yeah. love – I'd love – because it is essential with his offense. And I love Michael Pittman Jr. and hope that he remains here. But you have to get more higher-level, definable players. You have to get the most help around this quarterback as you possibly can. So I I would just guess that that works counter to – his original thought and how you build a team. So, I'm assuming after seven years, maybe he's adjusted that thought a little bit and uh, understands his situation and will move, hopefully, this offseason accordingly. We'll see.
13: And, and let me leave you with this, John. Yes. Um. This is the time where I know we're all in angst about Saturday night and how it ended, but this is the perfect – and I don't want to have – because I kind of feel like a loser for saying it – but this is a this was a perfect season. You see a rookie quarterback. You, you you see promise out of them. Your team succeeded in some ways, and then still you got the fifteenth overall pick, and you got some ability to make some moves within that. So I, I would say this season was was a, a success to me.
7: No, hey, hey Ray, thank you for the call, man. Have a great weekend. I I didn't suggest that it wasn't successful. In terms of what we thought it was going to be, the problem that I had is that the way that they went out was very familiar, even if a lot of what is surrounding you here now is new and different, and especially that that feeling of... Nobody picking you to do too much, and then you blow past those expectations, and everybody feels great, and clearly those expectations changed over the course of December, only to find yourself back here. Now, granted, I'm not suggesting that they're back to square one by any stretch. I just tell you that you can have it both ways. You can say, hey, you know what? That was a better season than I thought. And I can tell you that the season ender sucked. You know why? Because Chris Ballard said the same thing at the beginning of his presser yesterday. So with everybody that that thought that I was too harsh and too hard in a season in which I selected them under seven wins, and they blew past that, if you really want to solidify what I had to say, just listen to what Ballard had to say yesterday. It is essentially the same thing. That's exactly how those players feel. And that was the point I was trying to get across over the weekend, especially on Sunday, man, when everybody was climbing up my rear end about this and about that, and you're too hard. And and the dog lover's mom was all up my rear end about that too. (laughs) Doom and gloom. It's not doom and gloom. It's just what happened. I can't change history. Ballard, that team, that organization felt the same damn way. I'm going to get one more squeezed in here. I got a minute here. Chris DiDerry from Atlanta, bottom of the hour. Uh, Eric, line three, thank you for the call. How are you? I'm doing great.
17: How are you doing, John?
7: Outstanding.
17: So, you uh, impeccable timing. I'm talking to some guys at work about the same topic, what you're talking about yeah. right now, about the, about the uh, Pacers and the trades. I agree 100%. You know, if you're going to make a move, who do we have that's tradable and that somebody would actually want? Yeah, you know, you're not you're not getting rid of Walker. You're not getting rid of no. Mather.
7: And see, I can't imagine whether there's a scenario where Toronto would would move Siakam without one of those two names, and yep. probably find out. That's why I've I've suggested that the Pacers won't do anything because I think Toronto's going to find a better suited deal for them someplace else. However, you know, what I'm saying right now has been made to look counter because you have people talking about the trade deadline for Morgan Orowski and the ESPN crew uh, in terms of the Pacers still being directly involved in those trade conversations. I I just, I don't see a way where Toronto would want to do that without getting one of those two names. And then I don't want the Pacers to move one of those two names. So I can't conceivably see
17: them doing that. What about the kid out in uh, Golden State, the uh, Camungi, whatever his name is out uh, there? Jonathan Kaminga? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't
7: know. I haven't really seen the, pay, or the Pacers directly involved in that. I haven't really seen any reports where they are.
17: I've read a couple of things, but I really didn't cite my sources, so it's hard to. Well, know.
7: you know, and he's going to be available because he's been disappointed to Steve Kerr, and now Steve Kerr mm-hmm. because of his playing time is disappointing to him. And it appears yep. outside of Steph Curry that there is going to be a complete reboot now in Golden State. I, I, um, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what they might. It seems like that they would want. You know, he's a young talent. Still young, unproven talent. I would have to think the Pacers would want something that is more proven, proven. than that, if yeah. that makes sense. So
17: yeah. Makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I'm on the same boat. If they don't make a move, I would be okay with it too, because right now you you definitely don't want to give up those young guys that you've got and you know, they can always make some noise next year too. Eric, great to hear from you. Have a great weekend. You
7: too. Thank you. Hey, do not go anywhere if you're on hold. Hey, Fulton, I see you up there too. I got to get Fulton on board here. We also, keep in mind, I got denari on the other side, but plenty of time after that because we have anything goes. Have you done the math work? How long do we have after six? We'll be going until about 622. Holy That's 22 minutes of conversation time right there. So don't go anywhere. If you're on hold, if you're not on hold, get there at 239-1070. And watch this if you want to and participate with this conversation if you like inside the AAA Membership Lounge. And know this, that AAA Motor... You're going to need that this weekend. You're going to need that early next week. Know that they have your back in inclement weather and these cold weather conditions with your car, truck, or van. With your ride, it is AAA. AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Your calls and Chris Denary live from Atlanta, Georgia next.
10: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up,
0: the ride with jmv fat drunk and stupid is no way to go through life sir 93.5 and 107.5 the fan so two weeks from tonight
7: blake for his birthday wants to go see a flock of seagulls so, <laughs> so we're, you can tell both blake and lanny are in mind because they both want to go that's two weeks from tonight over at the Murat Egyptian Room. And you had mentioned John Cusack is next Friday night, correct? And yes. You, you say it's still on the schedule.
8: It is. You can still buy tickets for it. It was initially yeah. scheduled for September of last year. So maybe that's where he was uh, getting the whole okay. postponed thing from.
7: So John Cusack, the actor, is has done this before. He does kind of this sit down and talks about, reminisces about his career and – uh Evidently still on over at the mural. That's coming up next Friday. And uh, Peacock, somebody asked me this. Um, Dave said, hey, I'm kind of confused. Do I or do I not have to watch have Peacock to watch the Chiefs game? De- this is listener Daryl. Called up and said this weekend NBC will show the Chiefs and the Dolphins. And you don't necessarily have to have Peacock. Now, I haven't heard that. James, you may be able to look that up. I'm not sure. Now, NBC here locally with DirecTV is not being shown. Daryl also mentioned that it will lift it for the playoff games. I have not seen any of that, David. So, again, a shout-out to Daryl. I'm not suggesting that he is wrong about it, but he called up and had said that. I just had not seen it. And believe me, I'm directly in the middle of that Tegna Direct TV tug of war with my dollars and my viewing habits.
8: See if we can find out directly. James, anything over there? Everything I'm seeing says the Chiefs-Dolphins game is exclusively on I, the saw, I saw the same thing. Yeah. Same thing.
7: We'll stay on top of that for you, David. We don't want to mislead anybody out there. On and the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, I can tell you this. Bally Sports Indiana, he's going to have it tonight down in Atlanta to start a Western Road Swing. You've got the Pacers and the Hawks and Kristen areas with us. Are you off the bus?
4: I'm off the bus. I'm in State Farm Arena <clears throat> watching your favorite Pacer, number 33, Miles Turner, uh, workout right now individually. Uh, before the game tonight. So I'm sitting here courtside.
7: What's 33 working on right now? What's he doing?
4: Uh, He was working on post moves. Uh, He does a lot of work before the game with Lloyd Pierce. Uh, Now he's shooting some uh, mid-range shots. Uh, He's been very effective this year on the block shooting that bank shot. Uh, He was doing that as well. Uh, He and T.J. McConnell are out on the floor right now as we speak.
7: You know, here's the thing that, that struck me, and Kristen Airy joins us, is it, w- we can see this team you know, not going to be as fluid as it was, not going to score as much, because you take away so much when you lose Tyrese Halliburton. How do you see this whole thing evolving while he's out, though, to hopefully – I call this a survival trip here. If you can survive in one of those games, you really would like to be able to survive and win is tonight in Atlanta.
4: Yeah, no question. I mean, this this will be a tough game just from the standpoint that you've beaten them twice. You scored 150 points twice against the Hawks. 157 down here in November, and then a week ago, 150 at GameBridge Fieldhouse. So you, you'd have to believe that you know they're they're gonna they're gonna have something to say. But you you know this team you know four times this year's play without Tyrese. They're two and two. Uh, They got the win the other night against Washington. One of their most impressive wins of the year, John, was right before the in-season tournament on a Saturday night uh, in Miami without Tyrese, and I think they scored 144 points. So, they, you know, they proved that they could do that. Now, we all know uh, Tyrese right now probably the best point guard in the NBA and his ability to score and pass. But this team has a lot of depth. Uh, I think they're – better situated this year to handle Tyrese's absence. Do you want that absence? Absolutely not. You want to have your best player on the floor each and every night. But uh, I I thought the way they survived a little bit on Wednesday was important. That was a little bit of a trap game. Uh, You were coming in off a very emotional game on Monday where you saw Tyrese go down, and then you had to rally to beat the team with the best record in the NBA in Boston. And then you have a team coming in with six wins, so – Oftentimes, that's that's a hard game to play. But I thought the Pacers did what they needed to do, uh, get the win, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But you, you know they'll they'll play a little bit differently. I was listening to you early, clearly on that pick and roll. You know Tyrese is one of the best. Yes, but you also have McConnell who's played very well off the bench. I look for Andrew Nemhard to to bounce back and have a better game tonight. Than he had Wednesday night at home against Washington.
7: Yeah, you you can just you can just tell, and you know what, I can understand that because we're talking about an elite level Chris passer and finder and scorer, who's that ultimate threat. So you're just – you are going to be focused in on that, and it's just kind of – with a guy like Bruce Brown, for example, nothing against Bruce Brown, but it's just drastically different than him doing that right now on the fly than what we have seen with Halliburton. So it stand to reason – it would stand to reason that there's going to be a workout, a kind of working through process here.
4: No question. I think the one thing that's been good – during this uh, win streak, if you will. They've won eight of the last nine, but it really dates back, I think, to the Memphis game before Christmas is this team has been much better defensively, and it's been 12 or 13 games where I think they're 17th in the NBA in uh, in defense. And, you know, some people would say, well, g 17 doesn't sound very good. Well, they were 28th or 29th, and that's where they rank on the year. So I think their attention to the detail on the defensive end has been much better, and, and that can help you when your offense maybe is not as good as it needs to be. I mean, the other night they won, and they shot 32% from three-point range and 44% from the field. They've not done that very often this year. So I, I think it's good to find other ways to win that you're just not constantly outscoring teams. And I think, uh, I, I think that's one of the things that can help them moving forward.
7: All right, I want to get back to this matchup with the Hawks. Kristen Neri joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, but I want to look ahead. Sunday, Monday, is it every year when you guys go out west that you go from Denver to Salt Lake City or vice versa?
4: It feels like it. In a, and, in a back-to-back,
7: you know, in a back-to-back.
4: Well, and you have on this road trip, you have two back-to-backs. Uh, you 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 have a back-to-back next Thursday and Friday in Sacramento and Portland. Now, the back-to-back could be worse on Sunday, Monday. The fact that Sunday's game is an afternoon game is a little bit more tolerable in going to Salt Lake City on Monday. But, but you know, you're in the mile-high city. You've got to get adjusted to that. You're facing somewhat of the same extreme in Salt Lake City. So, you know, you know this is as long a road trip as you're going to have in the NBA, six games, 12 days. And you've just got to find a way to overcome that.
7: Yeah. I And see, from what I have been told, the players have said that is the roughest of the back-to-backs. If you go mountain time zone to mountain time zone. And I, and I would agree with you. It seemed like you get used to it in Denver and be more prepared for it in Salt Lake City. But it also seems like maybe your legs will be a little bit more flimsy on that second of the back-to-back in the mountain time zone that's that's just what players have told me in the past
4: yeah and especially if you look at Utah they're playing pretty well right now I think they they've won 12 to 16 they routed Milwaukee at home uh, the other night before Milwaukee Milwaukee routed Boston last night so yeah the, the other piece of that John is if you if you're playing a night-night back-to-back Denver Utah from downtown Denver to the airport um it's 40, 45 minutes. So, you know, if if you're, if you're playing one of those night games, you've got a 45-minute ride to the airport before you ever get on the flight, and you're looking at 3, 3.30 in the morning in getting in for the back-to-back. I mean, the good news is, like I said, Sunday is an afternoon game, so that mitigates that a little bit. But, but it's still a tough back-to-back, you know, against – the defending nba champs and then a utah team is playing very well right
7: now all right Chris area joins us tonight it's in atlanta for chris and quinn and uh, jeremiah johnson Uh, of course you got the matchup with the hawks and a week ago it was all pacers set a record for assists, 150 on the board has anything outside for the pacers other than halliburton and this injury changed especially on the atlanta side of things
4: well, I mean, Trey Young had one of the poor games I've ever seen him play. In fact, it was the second fewest points he had scored ever against the Pacers. And the only other time he was lower than that was his first game as a rookie. I think he had nine. Uh, he had 13 points. He has not shot the ball well at all of late. And so that's a little bit scary because the last time we were here in that 157-152 game, he had 38. And he was, he was hitting from everywhere, from – uh, the Hawks logo at the at the center circle. I mean, they've got a talented team. I mean, DeJounte Murray that games of twenty eight and thirty against the Pacers, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, they've got Clint Capella in the middle. It's what I've told people, you know, about the NBA and you watch it all the time, John. There are a lot of good players and and teams, you know, with poor records, they're they're going they can beat you every night. So I, I would have to believe that Quinn Snyder will have his team motivated based on what happened a week ago. Uh, But I also think the Pacers are in a good place. Uh, They're 7 over 500 for the first time in quite a while. And and they feel like, you know, they're on a little bit of a run right now. They've won 8 of 9 after losing 6 of 7. They've got a very deep team. Uh, The other night against Washington, you had 7 in double figures and not one guy had 20 points. So they feel like they have a lot of people that can step forward on any given night and get the job done.
7: Did you happen to see last night Barkley mentioned Miles regarding the All-Star game?
4: Yes, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, um, loved it. I loved it.
7: I put my fist in the air. So,
4: I mean Miles, if you look at Miles, just just look at his numbers. Yeah. And you look at what he did last year, career high numbers and he's he's nearly matched those this year. And I think all around he's blocking two shots per game. Uh, of late. He's shooting about 40% from three and 60% from the field. I mean, you can just tell he's in a great place. Uh, He loves being with the Pacers. He loves playing with Tyrese Halliburton. And, you know, if if you look at leadership on this team, I'd have to say that he, McConnell, Halliburton, and, and James Johnson being back are guys that that really set the tone for this group, and uh, it's really good to see Miles in that uh, in that perspective.
7: Yeah, he just if if there is anybody on this team that has been most beneficial regarding the the whole evolution of Tyrese Halliburton since he got here in that trade, it's been 33 without question.
4: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's really cool for me. I mean I, I've done this 18 years, and you know watching players grow up on and off the floor and sometimes it's hard for me to believe that miles has been here nine years and that he's 27 years old now he's still young i mean he's still in his prime but uh you know he's here now he just got done working out there's a bunch of uh, little kids here in the end zone that he's talking with i mean it's just good to see where he is and and how his career has evolved
7: yeah man no doubt about that. um and that's all all halliburton. you know the other thing you brought up TJ. McConnell Chris, and you know we we talk about people always want to say, well, you know he's leading by example, you know, showing the younger players how the game should be played and while I don't dispute that whatsoever. But what he does on a game-to-game basis is gives a very high-scoring team offensively more looks at it, more opportunities, an extra opportunity at it. And once you get to the fourth quarter, that adds up those extra opportunities. That is, that is to me, the biggest deal in what he brings to the table, even outside of that high level of this is what I do, this is how you follow me stuff.
4: Yeah, and I think if you look at just raw numbers – the Pacers are the leading scoring teams in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. So that means they, they lead all teams in scoring in the second half. And I I just think with guys like TJ and their bench, they just wear teams down. I mean, that's, that's been the beauty of the depth that uh, they're built, you know, for 48 minutes and it really pays off.
7: It's uh, Chris Derry, Bally Sports, Indiana with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I know you have a lot to do. When are you and Quinn going to shoot that stand-up here relatively soon?
4: Uh, we're still in good shape. Rick Carlisle meets with the media here in about 13 minutes uh, with a 7.30 start. Uh, we will rehearse uh, at about 6.30. And then J.J., Eddie Gill is with us on this road trip, so uh, he'll be with J.J. in the pregame and the postgame at halftime. Uh, but uh, we'll go. We'll go on the air pregame at seven. Quinn and I have the night off as far as the pregame is concerned. So uh, the first time you'll see us is 7:30 uh, tonight on Valley Sports.
7: Nah, it should be fun to watch. Certainly big one tonight. You get you get this, and that's off to a good start. You lose it, and I, I think that trip seems even more daunting. If that makes sense, Chris.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, anytime you go west. I, I was looking last year. We had a seven game, thirteen day road trip. That's <laughs> right. the longest that I ever remember in, in my career. And I think the Pacers were two and five. And I, I think most people would say, again, you're trying to win every game. I mean, there's no question about that. But if you could if you could go three and three. I mean if you if you could go four and two, if you could go three and three, you know, if you go four and two on this trip, you'd consider that a major statement, especially without Tyrese Allenberg. But I think you're right. This this is a tone setter tonight if the pacers can get this and and jump out 1 and 0 on this six game road trip then it it puts them in good uh, a good spot the rest of the way.
7: And it should be noted as we close here, Chris, that coming off these long road swings like this, the toughest that some will say is that first home game. Once you return, their first home game back on the 23rd is against the defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets, followed by a Thursday game at home against Philly, and a back-to-back Thursday-Friday Philly and Phoenix. That's yeah, difficult so somebody, right there.
4: Yeah, so somebody tell me about that schedule and, and tell me about the NBA. I mean, yeah. there are no there are no nights off. I it's mean, tough. yeah, you're right. You come home and play three of the best teams yeah. in the NBA. Now, granted, Phoenix is struggling right now a little bit record-wise, but they pounded the Lakers last night in L.A. Yeah, you come home, and that's what you have in, in, in front of you after you play six straight on the road.
7: We also saw Halliburton shooting a little bit earlier today, yeah, too. So that, that was, was good. a great
4: sign. Uh, yeah. You know, when we were at the shoot-around today to see him out there with his teammates and and then to do that after practice, uh, that, that was great to see.
7: We'll be watching later on tonight, Chris. I appreciate you. All right, thanks, John. Chris Denary, live in Atlanta. State Farm Arena, I believe that it is. Again, you can hear that right here. Mark Boyle and company later on tonight. And that is the start of a road trip. Down in Atlanta, Pacers and the Hawks tonight, too. John Cusack, by the way, you did look this up officially, and Live Nation actually called in here, right? Yes, they did. Who called from Live Nation? I got a call from Doug from
8: Live Nation. Shout out
7: to Doug from Live Nation for making sure we don't screw stuff up. What did Doug say?
8: He said that John Cusack is actually overseas filming, so it is postponed to a TBD right now. It is not not a listed date.
7: Cusack is coming. It is a good time, though, to listen to those stories. And uh, when he was on with me, we got that one regarding the uh, filming of eight men out here back in the late 80s, which was outstanding. Thank you, Doug, for that quick break. We'll come back. If we got anything goes here after six o'clock coming straight at you. About 22 minutes of you and me and anything you want to discuss. That's coming up after six o'clock. 93 5 The Fan.
10: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
7: No, oh, I meant to do that. That was wrong right there. Look at that. Come on. Yeah, I am going to start something, and it just disappeared on me. Yeah, anything. Hey, make sure we officially get back into a segment here, musically speaking here. I don't know what I just hit, but it didn't work out at all right there. Thank you for that. Come on, now. Uh, anything Goes, that would have been very appropriate, reentry for Anything Goes coming up here after 6. Chris DiNeri from Atlanta, thank you for joining us on the podcast at 107.5thefan.com. Let me get Fulton on here. Fulton at 239-1070. Hello. Hello,
2: JMV.
12: How are you?
7: Fulton, I am fantastic, my friend. Thank you for calling.
12: Yeah, I'm on my way to my basketball practice tonight. Well, I'm going to be
7: on until 6.30, so it is likely I will not be there. I apologize. That's,
12: that's okay. I'll let my coach know, and um, I'll talk to him um, after
3: practice to see if You got come. it,
7: buddy. Got to get some shots up up there sometime, Fulton. Hey, you go out there. Get get some work done for us, okay? Yeah, I will. We've been having a rough day today. so Well, make it better. We will. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Fulton's going to practice right there. I'm going to go get some shots up at Fulton. All right, want to do some Anything Goes here? We got Bill. We got Jay. We're going to start right there at 239-1070. Anything Goes as follows. We talked about, I mean, basically, you know, I'm not going to talk about politics or any garbage like that. But Anything Goes means we talk basically with whatever you would like to talk about. At 239-1070, the AAA Membership Lounge is open, too, if you want to get in there and participate. AAA Membership, great for this time of year. With the inclement weather inbound, you make sure that somebody's got your back while you're on the road. That is AAA and AAA Membership's lounge via YouTube Live. It's anything goes at 239-1070. You and me for
0: 22 minutes strong. Next the ride with jmv and the beat goes on here yeah. and the beat goes on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
7: all right here are these hillbillies florida Georgia line right here to give us 22 minutes of incredibly outgoing uh, week-long content you've been loaded up for you guys are ready I'm going to start with Yanny here. Yanny on X, JMV 1070, writes this. I think Halliburton's hammy was even on the mild side. The mild side. Is that a Motley Crue song?
0: Mild side.
7: No, wild side. <laughs> so anything goes, man. I have the opportunity to get the lyrics wrong if I want to. I believe he was a little scared by the reaction, maybe, from everyone. He's a freak athlete, and it wasn't as bad as some of us out of shape. folks may have looked. Anything goes. Yaney believes Halliburton is better than what maybe we thought, which is good. By the way, IU hoops, 93 WIBC, that tip is at 630. Uh, down in Bloomington, they play Minnesota. Must win that thing up. Must I'm going to must win... I'm going to must-win IU at home tonight. I'm going to must-win the Pacers tonight in Atlanta. Because you're trying to survive, and you're looking for you know, salvageable games without your best player. This would be one that you need to circle and win. Must win it up, everybody. JMV. Fulton. I've got a note that he asked the coach if you can get your shots up. I mean, he's going to, I guarantee you that. All right, let's do some anything goes. Uh, loaded lines for you, starting with Cliff on anything goes at two three nine ten seventy. Hello, Cliff. How you doing, John? It's not mild side; it's wild side for Motley Crue, right, Cliff? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm,
14: yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. The
7: mild yeah, side.
14: I have a, phil- I have a phil- philosophical question. For yes. You. You know, I've been a I've been a fan for a long time of, of the Colts. Yep. And the Pacers too. A long time. Um, I'm wondering if I'm a diehard fan or not. I'm trying to decide. So I'd like your opinion or description of what a diehard fan is. Um,
7: so um yeah, always always with your team, no matter what. Being critical of your team, but being the most outgoing in terms of embracing your team—that's okay. where I feel a a diehard is. But you're there when lose or draw, and you know, and sometimes. And sometimes you may drive people crazy around you with just how much you embrace your team, especially through bad times, but also maybe you would equally drive them nuts talking about them and being critical of them when you're going through those bad times and trying to get to the good times. That's kind of what I think about when I think about a diehard fan. Is, well,
14: that, I is that, that you? Sir. Cliff, is that you? <laughs> well, I was wondering exactly where I stood on you know, the continuum of uh, – fair weather to yeah
7: like i here's what's i would have considered I, I don't consider i i guess it's funny it's just different for me because i have to with the sports that you're probably or the teams you're a diehard of i have to approach it um evenly here and fairly mm-hmm. and as balanced as i can i do afford myself the opportunity to be diehard with the Reds, for example, in mind because they're an out-of-market team, but as much as I love the Reds, I don't know if I would consider it die-hard because when they suck, I can easily turn it off. If you're die-hard, I think you would struggle with turning it off regardless of what is going on. So I, I think that's that's you. another yeah. aspect of it. Yeah.
14: Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, to me at least, one one, one thing I'm thinking about one description is that. Win or lose, did I enjoy watching it? Did I enjoy the idea of it coming on and, and being there for me to watch win or lose?
7: Well, and especially if, if you're it. paying for it. If you're paying for if you're using your hard-earned disposable income, are you getting enjoyment out of that? Because it's one thing to sit at home and watch it, right? But it's another to go and you pay for gear and all this stuff, which turns out to be a lot of money. You know, Do you get your return on investment?
14: Yes, and that's it, and a good question. And, and and I guess it's also how diehard are you of the sport that you are yeah. following? I'm sure that plays a role too, yeah. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, John. I Cliff, appreciate anytime.
7: Answer. Thank you for calling Anything Goes. That's the first philosophical question I've received in a long time, right there. Nice. Uh, Jay's up next 239 1070. It's Anything Goes, Jay. Go ahead.
3: Hey man, what's going on? Pretty interesting caller you had there last nah, you time. You know, it, it as
7: anything goes will tend to throw you a curveball or maybe even one of those Fernando Valenzuela screwballs that we liked watching <laughs> back in the late or the early 80s, I should
3: say. Yeah. 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 yeah hey, um, uh, <laughs> um man, the Pacers, man, um I you know, I I just hope that um uh, Pritchard don't go for the fried ice cream that's out there, man. And uh, <laughs> you know, keeping this team, love keeping it. this team together, I love that man. analogy, though. So,
7: w- were you not a fan of going for the fried ice cream at the end? Uh, no,
3: I'm, I, and it's out there. I, I mean, wasn't
7: either. I, you know, I go to Chi-Chi's. I never ordered the fried ice cream. Never. No. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't bother it. Uh,
3: and it's—I'm a big guy, man, so it, it don't mix well with me.
7: Well, let me tell you this: uh, I was always worried about. I had that thirty-minute drive back to to God's country, Green County, with my date. I had to hurry up and get back there before uh, the the intestines gave way. So I never uh, yeah, really yeah, had yeah. enough time to add that on there too. But no, that's a great <laughs> analogy. I love it.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and and see, the thing of it is, man, you want to keep this team together, man. And and I'm gonna tell you something, man. On this road trip. Don't be surprised if Matherin emerge as a as a star, as a young rising star. And 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 I understand, you know, Siakam and all that. But Siakam, man, he he's growing out of his prime, man. Keep Matherin, man, with Hollerberg, man, and you're gonna have something special. Thank That's
7: you, Jay. Thank you for the call. I I would agree. I don't want anything involving Matherin, certainly, but not even Walker. And I just – I would have to think that, that Toronto finds more for Siakam in other places. I, I'm not suggesting he wouldn't make them better offensively that he would. I don't know how much defensively he'd make him better. But offensively he would. But you, you have to have the assurance that he's going to be here, A, long term. And part of the issue is, what, is he going to be 30 And he doesn't really match up with the timetable of their guys right now. And I know that if he goes out and scores the basketball consistently, you can say, to hell with your timetable, JMV. And I understand that. But that is the part that, to me, hasn't made sense. Just beyond, you have to make sure you don't get hosed in this deal. And I don't know if anybody is sure once he goes someplace that this is, they're not in rental territory here. And really, I hope they're never in rental territory again. I hope what they're in is, hey, I want to go there and be a part of this territory. So Bill's up next. Anything goes, Two three nine ten seventy. Bill, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, jmv How you doing tonight? Man, I'm sorry I missed you yesterday, brother. Yeah, That's all right. That happens. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned Quincy's a little bit earlier and everything. And I remember I was a, uh, a card-carrying alumnus of the uh, three-for-one Long Island iced teas they used to have out there. <laughs> you imagine? I'm going to tell
7: you, there's nothing that would throw you in the bag quicker than a Long Island iced tea from there. And I, I go back to Bloomington in my days at Hooligans. Their Long Island iced teas were also incredible. There's nothing that would get you in the bag quicker than that.
1: Well, that, yeah, that got you. That, that got you right back in bed and everything as soon as, as, soon as you got home. Yes, but, it uh, did. And there was, and there was a lot of places that that, that had that going on. That's what isn't so much different about these times as opposed to. Uh, as opposed to them. Well, but, I mean, uh, you're
7: talking about Quincy's. Quincy's was was that type of place. You know, I, I think I never actually I wasn't old enough yet, so I missed the window of Piccadillys. But I heard stories about Piccadillys on the West Side that was, you know, a place kind of like that too. But you had you had that going on, and Quincy's certainly was was one of those places that was name recognizable. It was a pickup joint, Billy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it
1: wasn't. And uh, Piccadillys was like a. Yeah, like an urban cowboy, or you know, one of those like Gillies or something like that with yes. the bulls. Yeah, you, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff like that back in the '80s. Good but, times. Uh, uh, I, I just uh, one guy that the Pacers I have weighs actually on the Mad Ants is uh, uh, he's six foot eight, and he's a uh, he's a uh, forward center. He uh, weighs two thirty five. Oscar Kishweeby, I think I'm pronouncing that name right, and he's uh, from Kentucky. He's undrafted, but he's averaging fifteen and ten. Oh, you're talking uh, about
7: the, Oscar Seaboy's. Who you're talking about? Yes, um, yeah, So, so you're ready to see him play in in an NBA game a little bit more than he has so far.
1: Yeah. Well, they, in, they, instead of bringing in instead of bringing in uh, somebody else's aging player, and I know that I know the 27, 28 is is not necessarily normal aging, but uh, but uh, on the NBA uh, timetable, it, it certainly is. So. Uh I, I would like to uh, see them continue to go younger. I think they uh, they got a the good philosophy and everything. And, and heck, I'm going to be on board. And, and that guy was talking about diehard fans. I'm an IU football fan since
7: the 60s. <laughs> Definitely diehard.
1: There yes. is nothing. And, and, that is the, and I have been a faithful follower of them on a yearly basis. Yes. I know this they, to be
7: true, and and Bill Benner, the former star columnist, as diehard as you are, year after year, keep on coming back no matter what, and both of you guys are hoping that the magic begins with the Signetti era this season.
1: I, cer- I certainly hope so, and yes. whenever I see him, I'm going to buy him a drink because I share his thing. <laughs> and then we'll
7: see you later. Billy, have a great weekend. Thank you. Uh Regarding Sheboy, he did bring that up. This is what I gather. I think that there is a wide gap between the numbers you put up in the G League and what you're able to do at the NBA level. Well, for example, you see you know, Walker go down and he plays and he's dominant, puts up big numbers, yet he can't get up off the bench with the Pacers. That maybe one of these days it's just. Not now. And I'm not against the Pacers trying to get better. I just don't want them to get hosed in a deal where you get Siakam for a minute and he bails or you're getting a version of Siakam that is aging and on the downhill slide and not one that can stabilize for a couple of years and really turn you into something that you want to be. That's that's what concerns me about that. And I don't know if you had had at all the similar concerns with Ananobi. It seemed like Ananobi would have fit the time frame better than, than Siakam right here. But a lot of the reported demands of Pascal Siakam would be enough. And certainly some of the reported measures in which it would take to bring him in, that would be kind of enough to scare me off until I see otherwise. I just can't imagine Toronto not getting something better from somebody else than they would from a Pacer team that doesn't want to part with Benedict Matherin and won't, or Jairus Walker and won't. All right, is this Beavis at 239-1070? Beavis, welcome to Anything Goes. Hello? Hello, Beavis. Uh, yeah, uh, is this J.M.B.? It uh, is. Uh, uh, hey, J.M.B., uh, <laughs> is that last guy still talking? <laughs> he is still talking. No, actually, he's gone. He's probably still talking wherever the last guy is. No longer here. <laughs> You're, you, it's your uh, floor, uh, Beavis. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, thanks,
5: J.M.B. I uh, just wanted to call and uh, uh, say that
15: uh, you suck. <laughs> and uh, I'm the great Cornholio.
7: <laughs> you need teepee for your bunghole. Seriously. I can just add to it. Anything goes with Beavis's call right there. See if Jonah in Arizona can do better at two three nine ten seventy. Jonah.
12: I mean, I could be a butthead, but I'm not gonna be a butthead. Speaking of which, I do apologize for uh hitting a dead spot. My phone last time I called my phone uh cut out, so I do apologize. Where, where are you right now? I'm in Glendale.
7: Glendale. Area. What's the temperature?
12: Uh, 55 degrees. Well, we'll
7: take it. We're not going to have that around here. It's going to be brutal.
12: <laughs> mm. So I'm excited for this uh, road trip coming up. And my perspective on this, now the Pacers have potential X factors going into this with Hallie being out in a slower pace offense. Sure. But to me, I, I tell you, if you're not going to give on the defensive end, Buddy Hield has to be consistent these next few games. Yeah. Because with a slower pace, uh, with Nim hard or T.J. McConnell running the point, every possession is a premium. And I want to see Buddy Hield, against the Hawks last time. He was six for six in three-point range. You know, this is the time where he has to be accurate and, and provide on offense if he's not going to give it – anything on the defensive end. So if he can, if he can shoot, shoot at a high percentage, I like our chances. I mean, going going three for three in the West Coast, I think, is reasonable um, to keep us afloat. If we can go four and two or better, you know, great. But I just, you know, I want to see good possessions and, and just the gritty defense that we've been putting up the last, uh, what, the, actually the last few weeks. You are so on it point. It's going to be a fun.
7: On point regarding maximizing the possessions more than ever now because you're just – they're not going to get near what you normally do offensively, so you have to maximize what you have. And that's when I brought up McConnell because everybody kind of looks at McConnell as well. He's just like leading by example with the hustle. But two, three, four times a game, he will get you an extra look, an extra possession. And without Tyrese Halliburton, certainly – that is incredibly important to give you another shot because you are just not – I mean, you think about just, for example, Jonah, too. When Halliburton is not out there, not only do the other guys suffer by that, but then your team suffers because he's your leading scorer. So you, yes. you've got to maximize. That's where I think you're right. You got to maximize these possessions better than ever. Beginning later on tonight, and you know McConnell kind of shows that way with the extra possessions he gets by hustle and just making sure when you maximize them, be better shot makers. And I would agree with you on on Buddy Hield. That's that's somebody you and need I, to be able to lean on consistently this road trip.
12: And I get Washington's a bad team, but the fact that we scored under 120 points is still one. And give up just over a hundred like the Wizards got got like six garbage points at the end of that game. The fact that we basically almost held them under a hundred just tells you a lot. And if he could do that this road trip, then yeah, just good efficiency on the offensive end. That that'll go far for the six game road trip. Hey,
7: Jonah, are you going to the game in Phoenix when they're out there?
12: I am. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah, that'd be good too. I they my, um my it, roommate's also from Indiana, so he him and I are gonna go.
7: We um I was just talking about this with Kristen Arian and obviously when when they hit Phoenix, that's on the 21st on a Sunday. That's a week from Sunday. But if you yep. look at when they get back, that's the final of the Western Road Swing. They're back on Tuesday, the 23rd, and they go Denver Tuesday, Philadelphia Thursday, and Phoenix Friday. That's a back to back. Three straight at home against those teams. That is that's almost to me even more daunting. We'll see if Halliburton is back by then, but more daunting than that western road trip is with those three coming uh, yeah. back. Yeah.
12: Yep. And so. it's this is a daunting month of January. And if we can come out with a winning record and then Halliburton come back. I looked at the second half schedule of the season. It's way, way easier than than it is. Now I mean Way easier on paper, I get that. I mean, you still got to win those games, but if you could take advantage of it, I, I, I can see a top three seed with this team if we have a good road trip with that Halliburton or whatever comes afterwards. So I'm, I'm intrigued.
7: You got it, Jonah. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. You as well. Thank you. It's Jonah in Glendale, Arizona. Well, anything goes. What'd you guys? I lose all you guys with the Beavis call right there. I think didn't I? Yeah. Sometimes that happens. I don't have any control of it, so sometimes that happens. Hey, Damon writes this, JMV, on one you stated that the Colts needed a Jim Harbaugh type of success after we were knocked out of the postseason last year. How do you feel about Shane Steichen as coach, and did that answer the need, your thoughts? I remember at the time I wanted – I was a Harbaugh guy all the way at the beginning of that. And and clearly Shane Steichen and Jim Harbaugh are not in the same area code. But what they made out of this, and Shane Steichen, remember, they were just embarking upon at that time a postseason run that got them to a Super Bowl, and he was the offensive coordinator in Philly. But I think across the board you have to be happy with a rookie season that Shane Steichen has had. There's no comparison I can make to what I had hoped for back over a year ago, Damon. But you can see it and you can believe it. There are a lot of things that you're you're still kind of going with hope and wonder. But one of the things you feel, I think, fairly sure about and clear about is Steichen leading this team as its head coach. That's where I would start right there uh jmv i heard the jmv takeovers back on saturday what's up tomorrow night doing a lot of 80s tomorrow night sure Yeah, normally do what we normally do but a lot of 80s coming up tomorrow night for real then that part is true that's six o'clock coming up tomorrow night Uh, JMV Takeover, it is on B105.7. Man, what a great week we have had here, too. I want to thank everybody for being a part of it. Um, IU fans, you're going to get to break away here in the next 10 minutes over on 93WIBC. You're going to have Minnesota and IU on a Friday night. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, back in the 3 o'clock hour, joined us and talked about a different type of effort that is expected from this Hoosier team, or else coming up tonight down in Bloomington. Thanks to Don for that. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, back-to-back to back tonight. Tomorrow night, it is busy. Marion County Semifinals tonight. You've got Johnson County Tournament underway. A normal type of high school basketball schedule this weekend for both the boys and the girls. And shout-out to Bob for coming on the show, To Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. We celebrated... Celebrated and sky-pointed a loss this week of Jerry Wade, the lover man, with what we normally do in honor of him and we have for so many years, the Mike Wells slow jam re-entry. Thanks to Mike for talking with us, too. Chris Denary, Valley Sports Indiana, has got you covered with the Hawks and the Pacers coming up. If you missed Brian Evans earlier this week, IU fans, you got to hear that. If you missed Rick Venturi yesterday, who was outstanding in his breakdown of the season and going into the offseason of the Colts podcast with each, 107.5thefan.com. James, great job out of you. The AAA Membership Lounge. Be careful this weekend, too. I'm going to be with you tomorrow, but be careful if you're out and about. And remember, AAA always has your back. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. JMV Takeover, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Hang with me for six hours of all-request music on V105.7. Have a great weekend.